In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Hot shit. Hit you with no delaying, so what you saying, yo? Silly with my nine milli with the dilly, yo. When I be on the mic, yes, I do my duty, yo. While up in the club like we while in the studio. You don't want to violate, nigga, really and truly, yo. My main thug, nigga, named Julio. He moody, yo. Type of nigga that'll slap you with the tilly, yo. Bitch, nigga, scared to death, act fruity, yo. Fuck that, look shorty, she a little cutie, yo. The way she shake it, make me want to get all in the booty, yo. Top bitch, just sit there banging bitches in video. While I'm with my freak like we up in the freak show. Hit you with the shit, make you feel it all in the toes. Hot Got all you niggas in wet clothes. Dollar my metaphors and I formulate my flows. If you don't know, you fucking with lyrical play pros Do like you really that. Wanna party with me? Let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands where my eyes can see. Straight up, wildin' in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands where my eyes can see. Straight up, wildin' in the place to be. Gotta change my answering machine. Now that I'm alone, cause right now it says that we can't come to the phone. And I know it makes no sense, cause you walked out the door. But it's the only way I hear your voice anymore. It's ridiculous. It's been months, for some reason I just can't get over now. And I'm stronger than this, yeah. Enough is enough. No more walking around with my head down. So sick of love songs 
song So tired of tears So done with wishing You were still here Said I'm so sick of love songs So sad and slow So why can't I turn off the radio? Country, but the blueberries still connect on the low. But the yacht got a triple deck. But when you young, what the fuck you expect? Yep, yep. Grand opening, grand closing. Goddamn, your manhole cracking the can open again. Who you gonna find open to him with no pen? Just draw off inspiration. Soon you gonna see you can't replace him with cheap imitations for these generations. Okay, once upon a time in Calipar, where they live life fast and they scared of dark. There was a little nigga by the name of Creek. Nobody paid him any mind, no one gave a shit. No one he could rap, no one lit the hand. So he went about his business and devised the plan. Made a CD, then he hit the block. Fifty thousand souls, seven dollars a pop. If that's not going to wake you up, I don't know what is. Welcome, folks, to your week. This is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan coming at you. Um, how how the heck are you guys doing? Did you get a good Did you get a good weekend in after uh, post scandal? I got to tell you, the the uh, I went outside and the uh, you know the the air is not as crisp. The colors aren't as bright. Uh, yeah, I'm just in a full 
post scandal depression. <laughs> now no, I'm pretty excited, <laughs> you guys. Oh my goodness! So remember, I want to tell you right off top: use the timestamps because this is another long one. I, you know, listen. This is this is this is my life's purpose right now. This is what I do, and I love doing it. So you got a full jam packed show. We have one of the best there is to do it. Just. Just being a person. You got Tracy Morrissey with us today. My goodness. Uh, it's been years, I think, since you've been on the show. I'm so happy to have her back. And we just, uh, I laughed like a school kid talking to her about uh, this past reunion of Vanderpump Rules and the season at large. We got into a couple of things towards the end. I This could have kept going for two more hours, but I had to let her go because... You know, she has a family and things to do, but my God, uh, love talking to her so much. So uh, also, uh, I really go to her web store, support her, her, you know, just support her. Also, her her podcast is amazing, Pot Psychology. Go check that out as well. But we get into all the Vanderpump of it all, which we're going to be getting into that as we uh, come out of it. It's a nice little, uh, a nice little after dinner mint, if you will. And then after that... We have a full solo pop culture roundup where I talk about all the stuff that happened over the weekend. You got some Vanderpump stories in there. You got Britney Spears. You got what to watch this week. We, I mean, we even celebrate the marriage of Naomi Watts and Billy Crudup. We, we, we talk about the weekend, Harry Styles. We go around the pop culture gamut. And, uh, dude, I watched the christening episode from Real Housewives of New Jersey Saturday night just to, just to try to watch something cool and calm. <laughs> I forgot what a shit show that was. You guys, if you have not, go to season three of Real Housewives of New Jersey, episode one, to prepare for Tuesday night's final reunion of Jersey. It will it will knock you off your coal mining ass. I swear. I did like over a hundred Instagram stories about it on Saturday night. What a horrible way to find out that you can only post a hundred Instagram stories. I've never posted that many in my life. And all of a sudden I, I did three hours of this posting watching this episode and it cut off the first 20 because I just kept posting. I didn't know there was a limit. Isn't that funny that I even overdo it on the Instagram stories? It's Those are even way too long. Anywho, folks, if you like this show, if you like how much hard work is putting in it, uh, put put into this. And if you're enjoying yourself, remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Shout out to Meditza Lopez, uh, my producer, my, my uh, you know, she makes all the graphics, Sandra Fryer, uh, um, uh, Marissa, Amy Field. you got a good team of people behind all of this. Um, we're, the, we're the little engine that could, the bad news bears. So please go support. Also, our YouTube channel is going really really good. Um, and, and go subscribe over there. If you want to see this, this beautiful face, I, like I said, I have piercing blue eyes and, uh, you can see my dandruff. It's amazing. So go, uh, go subscribe over at the YouTube. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for all of your help and support. And I, I don't get to read all of your messages. Uh, but when I do, they're 98% really good. And they usually make me into like, like tear. I feel like I'm Joey Gorga at the christening. I cry. I'm like, no, Um, and I love all of your comments. Uh, thank you over the Patreon. Man, we did a segment on the Patreon on Friday's uh, Vanderpump Extravaganza where I read all of their comments. And they're so damn smart over there. So if you want to be part of that community, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good and sign up. Um, okay, so let's just get right into Tracy. They're just truly... Eh. The funniest people are out in this world. But what's great about Tracy, she's also one of the smartest people. She's just so... 
I don't know. I can't say enough good things about her. And and that's what the coolest thing about doing this show is it gives me this opportunity to talk to the funniest, the coolest, the smartest. And I think you guys already all know Tracy, but if you don't, go follow her today. You are in, she always just points you in the right direction of something that is going to expand your mind. And she also does it with a sense of humor um, that is second to none. So ladies and gentlemen, starting our pop culture roundup, this is kind of the Vanderpump pop culture roundup portion of it. And then after, like I said, we'll do a solo pop culture roundup. I already did that. It's an hour. So this is a long one. So buckle in folks, have a great week week. Here she is, Tracy Morrissey. But today, I haven't talked to this person in a couple of years, I think. A time means nothing anymore, but I am so excited because to me, she is one of the people that really do inspire me. So you gotta you gotta be careful with these asks. You gotta ask them at the right time. And after Scandaval, I said there is nobody I would want to talk to more than this person. Uh, you know, I was talking to a friend saying that she was gonna come on and she was like, oh my God, she's the coolest. She's the funniest. She writes the best stuff. She's the coolest mom. She dressed <laughs> is the best and i was like chill out um <laughs> you might know her from her podcast that is currently out there that you need to subscribe to if you don't know about it pot psychology also uh she runs this uh this web store pipedreams.fun which actually just released a product that i think you guys all need it's the official tote bag that says i can't believe that tom zanzival had raquel over when ariana's away in the jacuzzi as well and she stayed all night yeah i can't believe that um <laughs> she's just the best. Tracy Morrissey, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. That was such a nice intro. <laughs> I could have kept going, honestly. Um, what what the hell just happened over the last three months, in your opinion, Tracy? Hey, hey, I, was, you with that. I was electrified by it. It was really, it, it, it <laughs> took up my life. Like it really took over <laughs> my life for a while. And like, I only really wanted to talk about that. My friends that don't watch that. I wasn't talking to you as much because I wanted to like <laughs> to my friends that like watch the show. People, I got people into the show. Um, yeah, it's it's like you know, it's been an. I've been there. I'm a day one. So yeah, this is like a ten. A no, like a twelve year investment. This show came on before my daughter was born. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an investment and this is like a huge payoff, you know, after all that, especially after last season was such a disappointing season and yeah. for to have the, the best season ever after that season is incredible. It doesn't happen in reality television, even no. scripted television. This doesn't happen. And it gives hope to these shows that are like on the bubble. You're like, man, if Summer House could just hang in there, Kyle's <laughs> going to do something so stupid that it's going to be good <laughs> eventually again. Um uh, is your daughter uh, happy that it's over to have her mom back? She, I don't know if she knows it's over yet. I'll tell her. She watched the finale with me because we watch TikTok together all the time. And my TikTok algorithm was like a lot of Vanderpump Rules and Scandaval. And so when I was getting ready to watch the finale, she's like, well, I may as well watch it. So, because I know it, what this is all about. And I was like, okay. And then I was like watching it with her. And I was like, she's 11. She's going to be 12 in September. I was like, um, do you, do you get what's going on? She's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you understand what's happening right now? She's like, yeah, I do. Uh, that's why I was making a joke last night. I went to that. A sir had a watch party for the finale. I and saw, they, were, they have TVs at every table. Oh, they had TVs everywhere. It wow, was like, so cool. it was the wild. They turned it into a sports bar, but they had these like <laughs> coasters and stuff. And I like, I couldn't, they, they were actually selling merch and I couldn't afford the merch, but I, I started stealing coasters and I said, you know, if I ever have a family, this is going to get passed down from generation <laughs> to generation of like old man Bailey really 
cherish these coasters. <laughs> <An> heirloom. <laughs> um, so uh, there's so much to talk about with you, but uh, you talked about the TikTok algorithm and uh, I don't really post a lot on TikTok, but I, I got the same algorithm. And what has really kind of surprised me was that we had this horrific event that you had not seen, you know, the likes of since the beginning of Vanderpump Rules. And this is still so much worse. But then it wasn't enough of that. Then we started getting all of these conspiracy theories on top of that, of like Raquel's pregnant. Uh, she's yeah. she's homicidal. Tom, uh, you know, <laughs> Tom is using L. Ron Hubbard's sperm to get people pregnant. Like just wild stuff. Did you ever get kind of shocked at how how much it even exploded past the actual reality of this? Yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I would look on Reddit and stuff too. And the one Reddit, the Vanderpump, there's a couple of Vanderpump Rules Reddits. Um, but one of them got like really, I think, kind of, uh, they, they took it a little too far. Like they were like bringing things like to real life. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, were yeah. Like, going and like vandalizing and the like Schwartz and Sandy. Oh, have you been to Schwartz and Sandy's? Yeah, I went a couple times before this all broke and and uh you know, it's it definitely seems a very uh chaotic uh, uh space, but it seems very Schwartz and Sandoval. I don't know if I'll go back now because I don't know what I would be going back for because some of it, well, that's another thing is that you posted I think the first of you were the originator of going to Tom Sandoval on the most <laughs> extras post Scandoval and you had posted a great Instagram of open up for a surprise and it was you and then you opened it up and it was Tom in full Marky Mark shirtless pose. I mean, that's what I mean, what was that not, night like for you? There was no one there. It was like this venue, it held it held thousands and there was I think there was less people there than at most weddings I've attended. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like there, like there were seats, and then there was this like open area in the front, and there were there's like a balcony and stuff. There were tiers. That's how big it was. It was like a tiered space. And there was no one in the seats. Everyone was just kind of down in front. So I was able to get like so close to him without even like trying. <laughs> I, had to, like, I was up. on stage. I was <laughs> one of the most extras at one point. <laughs> but yeah, it was um. I, it was on my birthday, and as soon as Scandaval happened, I was like, oh, this guy's touring with this stupid band. So I went to see when he was going to be here, and I was like, oh, my God, on my birthday, I'm going. But I'm kind of pissed because I paid full price for tickets, and day of, they were like, buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> buy one, get four, yeah. No, I mean, well, I, I've seen his band pre-Scandaval when I was actually, like, friendly with him, and it was like, it was different because when you like somebody, you're like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, you're kind of like, this is fun. This is fun. And then now there's this weird switch that happens for me that now when I see it, I'm like, wait, this is like, it's weird how like when something happens and you completely change your perspective on it. And you're like, this guy can't even hit those notes. Were no. you enjoying that night? Or were you just like, oh my God, this I is was literally laughing the entire time. My phone died in the middle of it. And I was like, so pissed, but like, like, people were just laughing in his face. <laughs> it was insane. But then there were a couple people that were like really there for Tom, like some like thirsty ass girls. And then some like weird guy at the end turned around and he was leaving and he, and he was by himself and he, <laughs> and he was like an adult, like an, an older man. And I mean, not like an old man, but you know, yeah, yeah. mid thirties, maybe forties. And he was like team Tom. And I was like, <sighs> Read the room, pal. <laughs> he, he was wearing a trench coat and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it is 
it is that weird thing of like people are now going to those shows as like you know a commune uh, a communal experience where it is kind of like prop comedy and people are like talking over him and laughing but you mentioned that thing of like a bunch of thirsty girls i do this like every day now and i will still get those comments of you see it you're like these girls would still sleep with this dude this girl they're excited they want to take pictures with him shirtless they kind of thirst for him still you're touching him they were like touching him because he got down in on the floor because it wasn't like there was no danger of him being like trampled or anything And, uh, but all these girls were like touching him. And I was like, that is really weird. I will say that his body looked sick. I, I mean, sick in a good way. I <laughs> like that thing kind of thing. And, uh, but I wouldn't ever, cause he's awful, but like, like, so that just like turns me off anyway, but objectively I could look at his body and be like, oh, he's really ripped. That looks nice. But, but just the personality and all of it, I've never liked him. From the beginning, I always disliked him. See, I got fooled into liking him again, and then I, I, I just, then I weirdly started, uh, like w- I was inspired. I was like, "Wow, this guy's doing something super weird that people make fun of. He doesn't care. He's out there <laughs> doing it, and like he's gonna make something happen." But I always liked him also because I was like, "Oh, this dude's not a cheater like Jackson, that whole crew." And I was like, "He's just like a weird kind of guy," and I, I really liked that. So I was really cr- weirdly. This is how sad I was crestfallen. When it did, it so dark because it was like Raquel of all people, a friend group. I mean, that was so shocking that it was Raquel. I actually wouldn't have been shocked if he cheated on Ariana. I always thought he was a cheater. I always believed Miami girl. I always thought that he did more with Ariana when he was with Kristen than what they fessed up to. And especially now seeing the last five minutes of the part three of the reunion and and Raquel is like kind of spilling the beans and saying like, yeah, it was going on for longer and it was like regular. And like he just was lying with such conviction during all three parts of the reunion. So it's like I can't I don't believe anything that that guy says. I know. And that's why, like, it completely, like, sweeps everything he was trying to do with that one time, dude, one time. And, and he totally ruined it. One time. Like, I know, but he was holding on to it. Like, if I can convince them one time, I've got a way back into this group. It was so weird. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I was just watching this on your stories. I didn't get to see it uh, last night because I was working. But Watch What Happens Live, Amy Schumer was on and brought your Instagram account up. And that, I mean, that's just amazing regardless because it does go to show you how many people follow you and, and how much how many people just like live for, for anything that you post. But what was she talking about that you were talking about in terms of the timeline potentially being earlier? Um, okay, so, you know, when this all started to happen, I went back and did a rewatch in an embarrassingly short amount of time. Okay. Like, <laughs> You're a journalist. My God. <laughs> So I was I was looking to see if there's anything weird. And I kind of remembered when Jane when James and Raquel broke up that she said that they hadn't really been sleeping together since he sent those rage texts, which had been years prior. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pay like particular attention to this season before. um, But when that happened, when the rage texts happened, because then she stopped sleeping with him. So the night that the rage texts happened she had gone out with girls like the next day she's at like sir wrapping utensils and napkins with like some other girls and she's telling them what had happened the night before and she's like i went out with the girls last night and i got too drunk and then they like show this really quick montage of like you know we're kind of like drunk and like out, you know like dancing it's like like you know vertical it's like from someone's yeah. food and she 
And then she's like, and then, you know, James sort of, she's like, she had this like very specific excuse that like someone who as a person who's gone out and blacked out and like I got home and, you know, didn't remember what was going on. It just seemed to like rehearsed or something. Like she's like, I left my phone in my purse on the counter in the kitchen, which like when I wake up after a blackout, like I don't even know where anything is. I mean, I haven't blacked out in like probably 10 years, but like, you know, I still yeah, remember yeah. it is like it was yesterday. Um, I would, I don't know where anything is or where I had my phone or my purse. And like, even if someone was trying to text me, my phone was right there. I would not hear it. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then going back and watching like slowly the, the like montage of her like out dancing. So I wanted to see like, what girls was she with? She's fucking with Tom Sandoval. There's this like brief, like frame. There's like, honestly, like if, if you could miss it, I mean, I missed it. Um, initially, like it's only like half of his face. And she's like, ah, and, and it's, he's doing, it. it's his phone and he's doing a selfie and he's like, ah, and she's like, ah, and then like falls on him. She was out with him, not with the girls. So, and I think that's why James was like freaking out and calling her a slut and a whore. And, you know, and initially everyone just wrote that off as like, oh, that's how James reacts to things. Yeah. But, um, but then there was like in an unseen footage and I actually saw this on um, someone's TikTok. Uh, this girl, uh, Reality Ops, uh, OPS, she uh, she found this this um, unseen footage thing I, from 2019, from that same season, where Sandoval's saying to James, like, you know, you have to trust the girl that you're with and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, she's not going to betray you, dude. And oh, yeah. You yes, either. I saw it. Yeah. And it was like, why did he say that? And it was a really unconvincing, I'm not going to betray you either. And I think maybe, like maybe, and I don't know, but I would love to know. And you're friendly with some of them, so you got to ask. Um, I feel like maybe James suspected something then because she went out with him that night or she was partying with those people. And I think maybe that's why Tom Sandoval said something. And then they just cut all that whole storyline out. Well, it is interesting because... When they were in uh, at Sheena's epic second wedding uh, in you know Cancun, they they were at the hibachi. They're sorry, they're at the hibachi, (laughs) and uh, uh, DJ James Kennedy was like, "Yeah, you've made out with Peter Schwartz," and and he says Tom in that as well. Yeah. But later he said, "Oh, that was just a slip of tongue." But it would be interesting if all this time DJ James Kennedy had suspected that from that point. Do you think we'll be able to get an indictment on Sandoval? Do you think this is we'll be able to get him in court and try to prove all of this? It's a, because if he's lying this deeply, we got Raquel to kind of hedge it a little bit and bring back the timeline and show how much that uh, she potentially protects him, even though I don't think she is completely blameless. I mean, will this ever officially all come out? And I guess the bigger question is, where would you even see or want to see a season 11 go to? I think that the only way that this will all come out is if Raquel tells it because Tom's not going to ever admit to anything ever. I think he's just going to keep going, going, going with his lie. I would absolutely love for there to be court. I would love to be the prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to do that show like Bravo court. And we just, we invest like we, we try all the famous Bravo cases from like the last yes. 17 years. Let's relitigate it. Melissa and Teresa. I'll do it. I know the smoking gun. (laughs) (laughs) The smoking gun is just a horrible stained Tom Tom hat. (laughs) But no, I think that um, I so 
I think that, you know how Tom had been saying, like, when we slept together and it only happened one time and then it didn't happen for a yeah. long time. <laughs> I think that it was because they slept together in 2019 and then it didn't happen for a long time because then, you know, I think that maybe that that's when they were like, oh, this can never happen again. And then it like, I think as soon as she broke up with James, he was like, it's on. I mean, that's the other thing you kind of get also a little bit of a picture after the third reunion too, is that it feels like, I mean, Raquel always seems like she has this childlike view of everything. And even in terms of like, I like Tom, I'm in love with him. I would like to be with him. But with Tom, it seems much more devious and planned out and plotted where you could see those moments where he was potentially like, come on, dude, let's, let's do it, dude. I feel, I love you so much. Like he was begging even in that, that the, at Sheena's wedding, when she says, yeah, I heard him drunk in the hallway trying to like find, you know, where, No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He also knew he was being extra loud to get her attention. Like, I feel like he is so plotted out that that's exactly what he wanted to have happen was her to come get him. I think that she was lying there. I actually think that she had always intended to be fucking him when they went there because I listened to Sheena's podcast, Shenanigans, and she said that um, Raquel was supposed to be rooming with another uh, bridesmaid that the other bridesmaid had actually paid for the room and reserved it and everything. And then Raquel told her last minute, oh, you actually can't stay here. Production said no. And then she was like, the girl was oh. like, no, but like, I'll just be out of the way. Anytime you guys need to film in there, I won't be there, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, they said no. So I think that she fully intended on fucking him. I think that like, she might be, I mean, I, I don't, but I don't, there, I honestly, I don't have like the hate for Raquel that I have for Tom Sandoval. Even well, that's what though, I was going like, to ask. Disgusting to do that to a friend. I think that she was groomed. Like, I think that he preyed on, I think he preys on girls with low self-esteem and then he grooms them. But it kind of happened with Ariana. Um, I'm sure it happened with Kristen. I mean, nobody needs to be told that Kristen had low self-esteem back then. So, and, and it happened with Raquel. Like, Ariana had just been coming off a bad relationship with someone where she, you know, it wasn't a good relationship and there was like emotional and verbal abuse. And I think that he like kind of swept in there and it was like right when her dad died. And I think that, and you know, and then the same kind of thing with Raquel. I mean, her dad didn't die, but she did age out of pageants and she. That's as equal, if not more harmful than a dad dying. I will say that. Yeah. And then she also, you know, had this big breakup with James. So I think that for Tom, that was like, okay, green light. I'm going to go for this girl now. Green light, green light. Yeah, what, was, um, what was green light, green well, light? Well, I don't know. Everybody is like, has their, but my theory was like, it just was so weird to me that after that happened, that was when Schwartz pulled out the pill bottle and shook it and made this big, and it kind of diffused the tension of announcing Raquel was coming out. So in my weird head, I thought that was like some kind of like thing to like kind of cut that tension and potentially make a little bit of a joke with Schwartz kind of like, Oh, shucks. Did I do that? Like kind of an Urkel thing. And, but then other people said it's a production term, but I'm like, he's not a fucking producer. He doesn't need to be going green light, green light. Everybody else should be. So I don't know. I I just don't trust anything he does. So I think it's all staged at this point for him. I mean, I'm a producer. I've been on sound stages. There is a red light and a green light, but no one says it. Like, yeah. and it's really for people that are outside of the studio, like to know whether or not they can open that door. So it's not like an actual like thing that people in production would say. So that's like, yeah, I, I, I think I thought that was very odd. Was the third part of the reunion 
fulfilling for you at all? Because I, I told the audience, I said, temper your expectations. Raquel's never been a really strong communicator. What could we really expect? Uh, that wasn't even a slam. It's just that that's the, that's the truth. Everything is exciting around her, but she herself in scenes really isn't very dynamic. What, what was your overall impression of that third one? The third, I thought that the first and second were awesome. I thought yeah. they were fun. I thought it was funny. The third one was just like sad. It was just yeah. like, you know, like it just, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I, I just didn't, it wasn't as good for me. And the reveal wasn't really as good. I thought that we, because I don't think that she, Raquel was being completely honest, but at least she was a little bit honest. And like, I wonder if like Schwartz feels differently about everything now that he's seen this because it's like, um, he was, he made out with her and they had already been fucking and they were fucking on that trip. I'm, I'm sure that Tom <laughs> fucked her after Dude, that night. That's what I said. I said, did Schwartz lean in and goes, I smell my bro Sando. You know, like, <laughs> this is like, this is like when I'm riding in the tiny car next to the Tom Tom motorcycle. It smells exactly the same. Like how they had slept two, <laughs> like two to three times at that point on that weekend. He's leaning in for this kiss, but in typical Schwartz fashion, he's just like, oh, is that what I look like when I kiss people? <laughs> Crazy. Like, you know, I, I don't think he was even concerned even knowing those facts. I, I think it's weird. I just think it's so weird that, all right, it's, if if Sin if Schwartz didn't know, then I get why it's not really weird for him at the time, um, even though he was being a dick to Katie. But the but Sandoval knew like they were actively sleeping together and they were sleeping together on that trip. So for him to like be like cheering it on, that was that is so bizarre to me. I just and now I think at first I didn't think that Schwartz was a decoy. And now that we know that they were sleeping together at the wedding, then I think that he absolutely was a decoy. But Tracy, he said he knew in August for the first time and, and the first part of the reunion and went against Sandoval's timeline, who says he says January. But then if that was the case, you also kind of get this light shined on like all of these dudes in this show and probably men in general are like, okay, it's cool if you cheat here and there on your girl. Like, yeah. that's just normal. We've been covering for each other for the last 10 seasons. Shit but happens. this, when he said the L-O-V-E thing, I knew this guy was lost in the sauce. Like, then it was all of a sudden, this guy's out of control. But it just shows you that they're so normal. Like, they're so used to cheating and keeping each other's yeah. secrets that it totally. was, like, not a thing. Totally. It's really normalized. I don't think Schwartz knew he was a decoy, uh, just to clarify. I think that... That Sandoval and maybe yeah. Raquel, they were, oh, it just grosses me out that like, it just seems like Sandoval like has this sort of like puppet master, like grip on Raquel to like have her like, like kiss his buddy to like throw off the scent and like, <sighs> like coaching her in this lie. And I think the uh -huh. reason why, I think he was never going to admit that they slept together until yes. January. Well, but I, Wait, sorry, admit to like Ariana and stuff? Yes, but because Raquel said, like told Ariana when Tom wasn't around and Tom wasn't there to like, you know, like intimidate her into not doing that. Ariana like begged her to tell her. And so she did find out that it was happening at least a little bit earlier, like in during the summer when they were at least the first time, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I still uh, kind of like, I think they were talking about letting her know. And he was like, dude, we were going to do it before the reunion because we could not sit up here in good conscience. And I think that's bullshit. I think they yeah. might have said that. But I think 
we never really will know, but I have a feeling they would have been like, you know what? We can wait until after the reunion. You know what? Do we even have to tell her season 11? I feel like they would have kept going and Sandoval would have found a way to not tell her each and every time because he wanted to keep up this good guy image until he could make her look so bad or find some way to like totally gaslight and make her crazy that she would be forced to move uh, like play her hand kind of like I feel like Katie in a sense which I was so mm-hmm. proud of Katie to actually make that decision to get divorced from Tom because Schwartz was not going to ever do it he would have no. stayed with that girl until the end of days and he would have cheated on her the whole time <laughs> I think that Tom Sandoval would have stayed in it with Ariana not necessarily maybe a little bit to look like a good guy but I think it's because of how like in the red he is on this friggin' restaurant and how he took out a home equity loan. Like when Ariana at one point, like maybe a season or two ago, she said that they took out this home equity loan and, but he, but only Tom, it's Tom's the only one responsible for that. And that's like impossible. Like the, both people who are on the mortgage or on the house, like they both have to be on the home equity loan. So it's, and he can't just take from like his share. I mean, maybe if that was a verbal agreement that they had, that's like possible, but like, I think that he, I mean, I would just be nervous if I were her and I would just kind of force the sale like ASAP, especially because it's better to sell in spring and summer. Well, I guess maybe that doesn't count for LA. In New York, you're supposed to put your house in the market in, in March because people are more apt to go to um, uh, open houses when the weather's nicer. Yeah, Tom made a pinky promise with her, so everything's good. It's, oh, it's all. Uh, that's a lot of freaking money. He took out like 250000 like a quarter million dollars. I mean, it really, but I mean, that's why I think it's like, girl, and and I wanted to talk to you about the Vanderpump economy because, you know, not only like, we, you know, we've had something to talk about, like day one people, like this is like reinvigorated, not only me, but you, like it just, it makes your mind go and you get excited of why you fell in love with reality television in the first place. And especially this show, but the cast itself to finally be able to get brand deals again, to get like, and this comes from real personal pain, but you see Sheena out there, like good as gold, Uber one remix. You see like all the pod, like Jackson, Brittany have a podcast. Dodie has a podcast. Every one of these, like a line cook at Sir will have a podcast next week. I mean, was this part of it for you, part of the fun and the magic, or were oh, you yeah. like, it's getting to be too much? No, no, no. I loved it. Um, and I only care about their podcast when they're talking about this. Like, yeah, actually, yeah. Actually, I like Lala's podcast a lot. Like, Lala's is the only one they actually um, subscribe to. Speaking of shout outs, you got a shout out from Mrs. Maloney. Terry Maloney. Terry, I, no, listen, Terry listens to this show, and I will say, and this was even pre-scandable. And Terry, Miss Mal- Miss Maloney will always send me the nicest messages. She'll always check in on my mom. And I'm like, not, there's not even a joke. And I, sometimes I feel so ashamed because I will say just the wildest shit on the show. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, did you? And, she'll be like, <laughs> I, and I'll even try to like temper myself. And I know she does have, you know, Schwartz was kind of like her son as well. So I'll go hard on him. And then I'll sometimes I'll just in the back of my head, think about Miss Maloney. And I was like, he oh no. He uh, uh, but she, I, I actually, one thing I was disappointed about in this, episode of the reunion the third installment i really thought that we would get more into raquel's treatment of mrs maloney they they really they barely touched on it like i we we didn't even talk about like the penultimate episode when she's like oh my god and she's like what terry 
I could never imagine speaking to someone in love that way. Ever. Dude, my mom would smack the lid if I <laughs> uh, oh if she'd even found out about it. But like we even got like we didn't even see that entire scene. Like Sandoval told like you know I think told uh, Miss Maloney to like shut the fuck up, dude. No. Like we're gonna see that potentially on Secrets Revealed this week, I think. But there's like all they, they were so much ruder to her that we didn't even get to see, and even Ooh. Katie's brother got involved. Also, I, what I think was really disgusting and so distasteful, especially when Tom is like, I think it's really tacky. that, And it's like, you're sitting there in a gold polka dot shirt <laughs> telling us what tacky is. But, and he's, but he's saying that to Terry, he was like, he was like, or to Katie, he was like, Katie, you were fucking people when you guys were still in the house. It's like, how dare you talk about her having sex in front of her mom? That is so crazy. That is so weird. Raquel <laughs> said said the F word in front of Mrs. Maloney. I wouldn't do that either in front of someone's mom. That's just uh, that's just not how I was raised, honestly. No, that was the weirdest uh, episode too because it also came out later. Is that that was the something about her launch party that Tom and Tom came to, but where they were before that, you guys, was at Kyle Chan's one of his jewelry launch parties with Joe and with Raquel. So it was like this weird, creepy little, uh, little uh, you know, incesty double date there. Oh. And then they do that. They go to Tom Tom. And that's where Raquel shows back up. And Raquel like literally put herself in front of Katie or even in the back of Sir in front of those propane tanks where it was like she was almost trying to force Katie to like push her or something. That she was, wouldn't get out of her face. I feel like that's probably what happened with Sheena in New York. Like yeah. where she just like wouldn't leave her the fuck alone. And Sheena was probably like, get out of my face. I was floored when she went back into the back alley with them to like chase and get involved in this like couple who are in the middle of a divorce has nothing to do with her. She's just like, I don't know, like she's not in touch with reality or something. It's I, I don't, I can't get a handle on her. Like I haven't been able to figure her out. She's the biggest question mark. And you know, like I've said, I do think there will be some sort of diagnosis down the line. And I don't mean that as a joke. And I don't mean that as I, I just, you know, watching her, I've never seen somebody completely blank the way she's blank. And I was just like, it's so interesting, even in the third part of the reunion, when she's talking to Andy of Andy was like, well, wasn't that hard to, to see, you know, like, wasn't that hard to be a part of? And she'd be like, yes, watching it back. It was very cringy. I'm like, you live that moment. She's like, when she hits TV, she's finally able to process it yeah. or finally able to see it. it I, that's it. Yeah, I um, I'm really curious. Uh, Sheena said, I think today or somewhere. I don't know. I've been I've been listening and watching everything, so I have no idea. When I like listening. when they go on each other's podcast too. Like Lala goes on Dodie's, Dodie goes. I like there. It's all like just all the same shit. And you're right. Eventually, it's gonna like they're gonna have to tap out, and it's gonna be like, what should we talk about now? <laughs> um. Oh, on Sheena. Well, on Sheena's podcast today. This With is Nima. On- Friday, yeah, had Nima on, and we learned that Nima is the one who revealed to Sheena that Nima, not her lawyer, but Nima from Shaws of Sunset, um, revealed to Sheena that um, Rachel told, or, sorry, Raquel told him that Tom Sandoval told her that they were open at Coachella. So, so oh. Nima was the one who had relayed that to Sheena. Oh, that's and- huge. Yeah, he told her the day she called him, like, because they were all hanging out with him in New York. He lives in New York now when they were doing Watch Happens Live. And then the next day, I guess, when Sheena, you know, after her plane landed or whatever, she called Nima to tell him. 
And then he was like, oh, you know, now that you mention it, she said something really weird to me um, months ago. And it was about the Coachella thing that Tom Sandoval had said to her. I would love it. It was like, yeah, yeah, she said something weird to me a couple of months ago. And it was like, I'm fully sleeping with Tom Sandoval. <laughs> like, I've been doing it for a bit. I thought it was weird. Yeah. Um, so uh, in terms of like Ariana, just to go back to the thing about people making money off of this, you know, Ariana, you know, has really had some of the best brand deals out of all of this. And I think she's handled it like, you know, they're pretty funny. They're they're well done. And she did this uh, cover story for Glamour magazine yesterday where she was talking about, listen, I don't come from generational wealth. I don't want to worry about money and I'm going to keep doing these things while they're yeah. there. And I want to take care of my family. But then it's interesting. You're starting to see a little bit of a pushback that I sometimes don't understand you know, where it's like, oh, come on already. This yeah. is too far. Why is it too far? Yeah. But why is I it too far? That. Because isn't this somebody we should highlight that's like actually been through something? It actually did capture the imagination of everybody. Well, why couldn't she be on a cover? Why is this too far? Yeah, I didn't think it was too far. I thought the batteries, the Duracell commercial was hilarious. Like, yeah. I mean, like those kinds of jokes. I think Nima said that his agency did that. Well, and also I think I was reading something today. Uh, that that Tom Sandoval was there when she filmed that and he bumped it like Nima was there when she filmed it too and Tom came down and saw that there was batteries everywhere and he, he figured it out but at least he wasn't a dick and said told everybody to leave and then Nima yeah. talked to him out front and like kind of calmed him down and I thought that was like how War of the Roses is that that he comes yeah. down and she's filming another brand deal I mean, she's done so many, what'd she do? She's done like ruffles or lays. She did some kind of potato chip. Yeah, lays, uh, raising Uber canes. One. I mean, I love the Uber One song so much. I love savings. Yeah, <laughs> dude, put that on the B side of the good as gold vinyl. Like, I mean, <laughs> we need that really to happen. Yeah, um, I, I feel like just get the money and get the hell out of that house. But as a woman, do I always think about... Um, you know, what goes up must come down. And especially with women is that you start to then, uh, Lala was talking about the concept of a perfect victim. Mm -hmm. And in this third part of the reunion, I was reading some discourse that uh, I was like, well, she went way too hard on Raquel. She went way too hard. And this is just disgusting. And it's too far. And Raquel, what if she did say, like, it was all of this weird Whatever. thing. that I, I mean, what did you think about that? And do you think there is this, you know, like, people are going to like kind of wildly turn against Ariana at some point. I don't know. I mean, the thing is about the reunion and the way she spoke to Raquel was that she was, she took like, she really only did it twice. She took like two very succinct moments where she said everything that she needed to say that she wanted to say, got it off her chest because that's the point of a reunion anyway. You know, even if this hadn't happened, that's, they do that. So, um, she did that and she didn't go overboard with it. Like she wasn't, she didn't like go crazy. And I, she didn't slut shame her. I mean, she did call her a whore, but I think that like, <laughs> I mean, it was very light. Yeah. But she didn't like say something like, yeah, you know, you like just throwing like Oliver and Schwartz and whoever in her yeah. face. Like she was really only focused on, the sex with Sandoval. And I think that she was just, she said what she wanted to say. The only way that I think, I think she would have gone too far is if she got up and hit her. Well, yeah. Now I need a fourth reunion. Come on. No, no. But also people don't realize is that this was the first time she was facing Raquel since yeah. any of this. She yeah. had never seen her. Also, this was two months ago. This was like, you, I it almost kind of got, yeah, I almost got relieved because I was like, Oh, 
you can actually see that this like has palpably affected her and she's already got to yell at Tom the night she found out the day of and then when cameras went up before she stopped talking to him so it was like she already got to scream and like get into it with him this is the first time and it made me think like wow okay because I'd always thought like what poise she's had this entire time but it was nice to see her go like I don't want good things for you I was like that's how I would be in that moment like you know Totally, she's being honest. And also, it was really fresh. It had only been three weeks since the affair had been revealed yeah. when they filmed it. And so it hadn't been all these months, you know? Like, it it wasn't in June, you know, when they filmed it the way that it was aired in June. So, like, very little had happened at that point. It was so fresh. She hadn't spoken to her. She, her, I, whatever, wherever she was in her grief cycle, she was definitely, I think she's on anger. And, um... And I think maybe a little bit on um, on uh, denial, just because she was like, "This is delusional. Like this can't be happening." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's like, "This is so laughable." Because I I thought about that moment of just like, I can't believe I'm here right now because it's so different than where she was the year before. Yeah. And I'd seen them together with cameras not like with cameras not even rolling. Is that she really did take care of Raquel? All that whole group took care of Raquel. They that all did it. Wild to me that you know, what Ariana said in her sit down with Andy that I agreed with is that, you know, she kind of, she can expect something like that from men. You don't expect that from your girlfriends. Like it's really true. Like I bet that she thought that there was definitely a possibility that Tom would one day cheat on her, but she never thought that it would be with someone that she was so close with. Like that's, that's very, that I think that is, that's what made it sting so much. Like that's what, like, and you know, of course that it was an affair that it was like going on as a full relationship. Like if it had just been some other girl, I don't think that this group would have been as activated, you know? Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, yeah, completely not because we have to assume that all of that male cast has cheated on people, no names or fans or things like that. And that's why it is so painful. And even the audience now, Raquel isn't new to this show. She's been on like five seasons now in some form or the other. I mean, I always forget that James Kennedy was on so early. Like I always think of him as a newer addition, but he was on, you can watch him as a bus boy in what, like the first scenes. And he looks like a little uh, Beavis in like the corner. Yes. He's like grown (laughs) into his, body he was just like a yes. big head with hair um, um yeah Raquel that's that's another thing is that like even like last reunion season nine reunion I was like why is her voice still shaking she's been doing this for literally years <laughs> like how is she not used to this yet I mean, I love that how it goes from like, I can't make a fucking toast. How crazy is that? To actually fully being part of the most explosive season of Vanderpump Rules in its 10 seasons. Yeah. Do you think she was medicated for this this reunion? I heard that, but I I think that's all. I feel like she's. I feel like she's that a lot of the times. I feel like the action happens around her, even though I will say she cried about to Peter in the beginning. She had a panic attack in Vegas. About Pat, you know, like very unrealistic things that most people wouldn't have those reactions towards. I was shocked at how deadened it was. And that's why I thought it was wildly unsatisfying. I was like, even if she wasn't there, we could have just had that one-on-one and the talking head. I thought we would have found out more information because we slowed everything down, but potentially Ariana needed that moment. Um, I just felt like maybe she should have had it in the second part of it. um, And that way the third part could have got picked back up and not be as like heavy and sad. Yes, exactly. I think that like she maybe she was on a beta blocker or something because it just didn't seem because she did break down in that 
interview. The final one. Yeah. Interview. I was yeah. wild so to he, see it, but, but I think it really did her a disservice because to not have any emotion because it looked like, what is up with this girl? Like people are sobbing. Everyone is crying. Yes. <laughs> like, Everybody's like, did, they did a shot of everybody broken. Literally, and then Lisa, Lala, everyone's crying. She, and Tom Schwartz's head, like his head is in his hands. <laughs> He kneels over. Make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away. Make me a bird so I can. He's so funny. He's like Schwartz. Like literally has his fists in his mouth because he can like he's so nervous. Um, and Sandoval, his fake. I mean, like I know it's a little bit there, but it's like such crocodile tears. And we had the scene in the Peacock version of Lisa, like show them your emotion, dear boy, please. And then he comes out. He's like, I'm going to show them. He's like, and you just don't buy anything from him anymore. So there's no doesn't matter his credibility is so shot like beyond shot um and you know in the first episode or the first episode of the the reunion when he came out and he immediately started crying and then everyone's like shut up stop (laughs) yells at him and then he stops if i had a room full of people screaming at me while i was crying i would start crying more i'd run away Well, now, now I got to get you on the cast. Now I got to get you in. No, I mean, I, I came from an acting background and I was like an acting coach for like so many years. And that was like, you always think about things in terms of like tactics, like, you know, for the role, like usually most people will be like, okay, I'm going in with this tactic. If it doesn't work, I switch to this tactic. And you see it so immediately with Sandoval in those first moments of the first part, because he hits it hard. It immediately doesn't work. And he immediately stops and goes on to the next thing. Wow. And that's bizarre. Yeah, I just that was that was really wild to me. I just um yeah, I I the thing is is that like he can conjure up actual tears, but he also is but he's just not convincing. That it's like a really weird juxtaposition to be able to like actually make real tears as an actor and then not sell it. <laughs> with the tears <laughs> but the, be- the best was the finale when he's over at lisa's house and he's like pounding on the the window that was just clean he was like oh, Stella! yeah <laughs> it's like hey you know ken's just stumbling around the house like oh the mirrors please jacuzzi uh by the way ken i i i really wanted ken to come out at some point because to I me know. the the line on your tote bag was my one of my favorite scenes and it shows you that scene mm-hmm. of like yes guys there are certain elements that are not staged, but like he was supposed to come in and deliver that information. But I love, like, that's why when I love reality TV shows, like, cause I love those, it's good information. And he was forced, he was probably asked to do it. And he, I just still loved it. That's part of what I love about these shows. Same. Also because it was so obviously like Lisa told him to come in and say that, like, and it was obvious to all of us. So we're able to enjoy it for that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but people took that as holding a dog. He should have been well, holding people, a dog. People took that as um, that. This is, it's been all scripted this entire thing. Ridiculous. And it's like, you know, that Ken is the only one that can't sell lines, you know? Like, it's so <laughs> um, uh, are you still good on time? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, the other thing in terms of what I really enjoyed about this season once this broke is being able to see really true, like the hypocritical nature of this entire cast. Now, a lot of people haven't done something this insane, but it is funny. We even see on the third part of the reunion with DJ James Kennedy, where, you know, there is a section where Andy's like, you know, there's like a four cheating incidents in a row where he's like, no, I've got nothing to say about that. I've said what I needed to say. Thank you. You know? And it's like, 
And then his other big thing was he's like, I was 25. I was 21, <laughs> Andy. I was, you know, it's like, you know, he's going to be saying that into his 50s. I was 43. Come on. <laughs> Isn't that interesting and kind of funny to see that these, they might not be as bad at what Sandoval did, but they've done bad things. And for them to like, just like revel in the stomping. Totally. But I also think that James did have somewhat of a point with that is that Sandoval has done this consistently and yeah. he's, he's in his forties. And I also don't buy that. He's only 40. That guy is definitely, oh, definitely not. there's no way that Jax is four years older than Tom Sandoval because they were so young when they started. I think Jax was like 19 when he met him. So there's like, that wouldn't have made any sense that Tom Sandoval moved to Miami when he was like 15. No, that there, there's there's just no way i think that what's up dude really... it's me fandible 15 year old fandible dude let's do this <laughs> he's got to be at least 42 that's my guess yeah i think that actually was proven because he let it slip on a cameo to somebody like oh um this was like this was way pre-scandable and he was like happy birthday and schwartz was like this guy's your age as well but he doesn't tell anybody and Sandoval's like, <laughs> um but uh, I do find that interesting of like, God, that's the only reason I want AI. The only AI I would approve is if, if it, they made it like a prequel to Vanderpump Rules where you saw Jackson Sandoval in Miami and they're oh like God. when Jax was being taken care of by that Miami gentleman, John. Yes. And like, wouldn't you love to see those actual adventures? Tanning Chatham. Wait, no. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Wait, who? Oh, Teresa on Jersey this week. <laughs> Ch- Chamming Matum. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, he does make a point that it is weird when somebody's in their 40s and they're still making the same uh, moves that they did in their 20s and they're so used to it. But uh, I found it like I was listening to Jackson Brittany's podcast, which I never thought I would say out loud. Uh, for the first time this week and they had Schwartz on mm. and Jack's like, that's, you know, it was, it gave me an extra giggle for Jack's to call Sandoval a sociopath when Jack's has been called a sociopath so many times. He had the faith thing, he had all of these things. And I find their inability to sometimes look inward. So exciting uh, to, 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 you know, they, they, it feels like Jack's if they returns to the show, would you want Jack's to return to the show? Yes. But only as a friend of, I don't want to see their kid. I don't want any more babies on the show. <laughs> I like yeah. a summer moon and that's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but don't you like Jax, you know, Jax is already in interviews. I, I, he's like old Jax again, where he's just making up these grandiose stories. He's like, the phone won't what stop is? ringing. When are you coming back? And I was like, Hey, I decided I needed time for myself. And maybe, <laughs> you know, it was like, you didn't decide you've been trying to get a TV deal for three years. Absolutely. But I would want but I think that he was actually, I mean, from what I can get, like what I can, what I'm actually just assuming is that they're with the way that their contracts are um, structured. He, he probably did have a non-compete after he was, you know, not picked up again. Renewed, yeah. yeah. So he probably did have a non-compete for like an additional like three years. So I think that's why he's only just starting to do. And Kristen only just got onto a show this year because I think they had to wait. You know, oh, yeah, because uh, Jax is part of the villain show on E, that and then Jody, so yeah. I, I mean, I just found out though, Daniel Staub isn't in it, and I thought Daniel Staub oh, was, was, yeah, somebody told me this, or uh, I bumped into Faces by Bravo at that Sir thing, and he said Daniel Staub's not in it, and I was like, oh, that sucks, she's like the yeah. ultimate villain. Um, yeah. and, and then Dodie's, 
isn't that the scary thing too is that like now we cannot worry about the bpr cast members this season like they're fluid money wise but i do worry about everybody else on bravo all the time <laughs> like kim beerman i'm like we're gonna see crazy shit right now oh i can't wait for this is just gonna it's gonna keep getting worse i was very offended when she said that croy was on drugs and it was just pot <laughs> <laughs> But I also didn't then Croy say she like they lost a lot of their money with her online gambling. Online gambling. I don't and I absolutely believe it. I remember well, could you just see her with the long Virginia Slim just like yeah. hitting the mouse? I don't back? know what her game is. It's gotta be slots. It's, it's gotta be, it's gonna be like she's the person that online wheel of fortune slots. Like she's like big money, big money. <laughs> um so Jackson's coming back, and I thought the only thing that I get scared of is that when these people don't learn their lessons that I see, like if he got on there, it potentially wouldn't be healthy again. And he would found, he would find himself in a position where he cheats again and ruins his family. Like that's the part I genuinely get scared for. It's like, dude, you got away with this. You seem like you have a nice family. You might be broke and need the money, but come on. Like this show doesn't do good things for like the men on those. It makes them make bad decisions. Yeah. Well, I think, well, first of all, I'm absolutely shocked. I never would have guessed when this show started that Jax would be the family man out of all of them. Never would have thought yeah. that. And um, I also, I, you know, Stasi mentioned this on one of her podcasts, one of her episodes that she um, was told by, I think like Ramona and Dorinda, she like sat with them at something and they told her <laughs> that it's good that she's not on reality TV with her husband and that it it would ruin her relationship and that she should never go back on reality TV. And she was like, yeah, maybe that's true. Like maybe that things, bad things would happen. So I'm picturing I, that conversation with Dorinda, like slurring, like, um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Shadi, you listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so season 11, uh, what is crucial for you as a fan to see? Um, well, obviously, something about her. I think, you know, I've been seeing uh, the progress on the shop and I've been and they have a TikTok when they do like they do really funny TikToks. They did one like where they use the audio of like Demi Lovato being asked what their favorite dish is and they say mug. <laughs> 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 and they use that audio it was really funny i think that they're gonna grow out of that space very quickly because it's little yeah it's so tiny yeah and i think they're gonna be like slammed when they open i really do because who doesn't love a sandwich i mean by the way that's and it also just so funny how much like uh torture it was to open schwartz and sandy's and they've managed to do this so quickly also it's sandwiches but like how smart is that that it's easy it's easier to do that sort of food. They've got like, you know, wine, they, you know, have a little patio. I asked, I begged Katie, I was like, let me be one of those sandwich flippers at Subway outside of their location, you know, just like <laughs> sending people there. And also since pump is closing, it's now Tom, Tom, something about her and sir all in that same area. So I and thought it was like, and the Abby is right there. So I think it's, they're situated in such a great spot that when the bars close, they are the sandwich place that you can go to when you're drunk and you want to get something to eat, you know, before you go home. Yeah, I can. Ken's like, I love the Mediterranean sandwich. <laughs> it really is. I think what a smart idea because it's hard with uh, Schwartz and Sandy's because it's in Poophole Village. And <laughs> it is like that thing that's so far out of that uh, sir circuit where you know you really have to want to go to Schwartz and Sandy's even though like there's some cool bars and UCB in that area 
But um, I, I am curious about the overall effect. So I think that's going to be a storyline that I want to see too is not save Schwartz and Sandys, but obviously there's going to be something involving Sandoval coming back to Schwartz and Sandys. Yeah. Well, do you think it's going to be, I'm really curious because Lisa said something about at, at the reunion. She's like saying to Ariana, she's like, well, if I continue to be in business with Tom, like is, she's like, she's leaving and she's, she's saying there might be a chance that I get, I'm not really tied to him completely. Like I might cut him loose. It would say, I mean, but that I, so I feel like that Schwartz and Sandy thing, how, like I was picturing in my head of like this kind of 90210, like Dylan McKay comes back, you know, like Sandoval comes back from off the road. He's son's mustache since Howie Mandel shaved it off and he has to make amends to these people. Like, what do you think as a producer, would you want to be the reintroduction of Sandoval into season 11? I don't know. Sheena said that she thinks that Lisa is going to have to have an event in order to get them all together. That's the only way she said that they'd be able to, you know, like incorporate him. Um, I mean, I'm sure Schwartz will still film with him, but Lala said that she'll film with anybody. (laughs) Well, Lala's honest. Like Lala, you know, like Lala and Lala said, hey, no matter what that bombshell is, we're all, it's nobody's going to not want to come back. Are you kidding me? Like we all (laughs) want to be on reality shows. That is going to be interesting though. The first one of Ariana's inner circle that actually has potentially a conversation with Raquel or hangs out with her. Do you have a, like a, a, I mean, it could be Lala, I guess, but Lala would go and like kind of rail on her again. I'm curious what the movement will be with Sheena and Raquel. Well, I think Sheena deserves a conversation with her. Like yep. she never had that chance for that kind of closure or anything. And, and like, and Sheena was really the closest to her out of any, well, other than Tom Sandoval out of anybody, like she, you know, like, gave her a place to live like she really did you know they let her have sex in her apartment in her bed and then sheena said she didn't wash the sheets that i mean that girl doesn't know how to be a person that's what it seems like to me like i don't know if like she was just very very pampered when she was younger or i don't know what but like that's like first rule of being a house guest you take the sheets off when you leave even if you didn't have sex like you take the sheets off and like you put it in the hamper. <laughs> uh, well, that's well, that was the question too. Is like, did Sandoval have sex at Sheena's apartment with Raquel? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe that's the a other, possibility. The other thing that's weird and so Sheena is that she said she finally started thinking something really was weird because Sheena has Raquel's location on her phone at all times <laughs> and Raquel turned off her location. And I love that Sheena's the type of person that checks all of her friends' locations before she sleeps at night. Like, I love that. That's so Sheena. She makes them all share their location with her. Everyone said that. That's what they said that, like, they're like, she totally knew about that shower of the, the, the party before her wedding because she has all of our locations on her phone. <laughs> um, do you think Raquel will sign on for season 11? I think that she, if it were up to her, she absolutely would. It sounds like her parents are very involved in her decision-making process about like everything kind of. Um, well, that's normal for a 28-year-old woman, right? <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah. Also, Sheena mentioned something that Raquel's dad is is the stage dad. It's not really the mom. So I thought that I, was I, kind I, of I, 
I mean, he's the one that picked her up at the end of the reunion last season. And I honestly thought we wouldn't see Raquel after that because I thought she was going to go work with disadvantaged children. I didn't really see her coming back. Same. Also because she's not with James anymore. See ya. Bye. Yeah. And then, but thank God she did. (laughs) Would you want to see Raquel's journey? I mean, is there any, I mean, I know you want to see that conversation with Sheena, but if she's not with Sandoval anymore, and I do, even if they're together, I think Sandoval's still cheating on her. Would you 100%. want to see that journey? A hundred percent. Yes, I would want to see it. No, one hundred percent. He's cheating on her, but I would want to see it, and this is why: because a lot of young women, and you know, Raquel, she's you know was at the time twenty-seven, and I think that was the age that Ariana was when she got with Tom as well. And I think that um, the thing is, you know, when it happened with Ariana and Tom, when you're young and something like that happens, like a guy's like cheating on his girlfriend with you and it's because you're so special and blah, blah, blah. And you think that you're like, it's, it's, it, this is a one-off. This is like, this is what's happening because like we have these feelings. And then as you get older and it repeatedly <laughs> keeps happening, you're like, oh yeah, this is a pattern. And that, you know, you get wise to it. So I think it would be interesting. We have seen the pattern being established, but I feel like we need three for, well, I guess, no, yeah, we really need three for it to be a pattern. We have to see see that. that It's like Tom has to cheat on her with Graham, you know, like I caught you with Graham. Um, (laughs) That dog, by the way, got a puncture wound earlier in the season. And we don't even talk about that. It feels like Graham has been trying to escape for so long. Um, and then Ariana said, Ariana said that he bites. Yes. Ariana said he was a terrible. By the way, they're like the Uh, most loving dogs. My dog is like a, uh, she's a cockapoo. They are so goofy and loving. They they're known for not biting. I mean, that's that dog has seen some shit. Like, you know, like that dog had to watch Tom Sandoval poke around Raquel and like do weird porn star moves because that's all he would do. I mean, come on. Sorry. I'm geeking out. You watch the Howie Mandel interview, right? Yeah. Oh my God. That was, I mean, like I was saying, it was like the worst thing, but it was the best thing. Cause it was the worst thing. Like it was so much road to travel. And, um, he just said, he, the part that always stood out to me was like, dude, Howie, like I was at a place. If you had sex with me, you'd be like, this guy's like a, you know, doesn't know his moves. Like he thinks of himself like Patrick Bateman and American yes. psycho. Just like that's yes. how he imagines sex. And that's why the t-shirt line was so gross. Oh God. But then he, but then he blamed it on Ariana. His poor performance is on her. When, when seasons ago, there's a scene where she's, he's like, you've had multiple orgasms. And she's like, mm, no. Yes. Well, I mean, okay. As a, as a, I swear to God, we'll end soon. But as a woman, um, uh, you know, uh, are you guys here for men just to stock things. And so we can have sex with you at any time we want. And if you don't do that, we are allowed legally to do anything we want cheating. On. Is that true? <laughs> it's not true, but also he didn't stock the things. He had an assistant do it. It's not like he did it. He has an assistant. That's what's so egregious about him saying that it's like, come on now. Um, but yeah, he is the, the t-shirt comment I thought was so gross so reprehensible, but I, you know, I went back and I watched the Howie Mandel interview um, this past week because I wanted to see after we saw his sit down with Andy and like what he was saying his official story was and blah 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 and how those things weren't even really aligning with what he said on Howie Mandel. Like he he said like he was trying to say that like Ariana was like trying to force him to fertilize those eggs 
after he broke up with her. And that made her seem was like and she said no. Also that she weaponized saying like, I couldn't leave her because she threatened to like, you know, unalive herself. And she also went on record to say, that's not true either. Like everything he said. Even before she said that, I knew it wasn't true. And the reason why I knew is because only abusers say that. Only abusers threaten suicide to try to keep control of you or keep you in the situation, keep you in the relationship. Someone who actually has like suicidal ideation and depression would, maybe they would say something like that, but like, then they would just, they would do it anyway. Like it, it just, it just didn't seem like, first of all, something she would say. It didn't, and like everything that he would say that she said it didn't sound like, do you even know how this girl talks? Like you've been living with her for all these it, years. Like that's not how she even speaks. It almost seems like something he, he will say eventually to get somebody yes. to stay with him. Exactly. Um, people don't also, I just want to remind people that he did this Howie Mandel thing the week after the reunion. Um, and that's why like, it gets so much worse. It's not like Tom learned anything from that reunion. No. Tom actually got those lies more intense. It was like, he was workshopping shit at the reunion and Howie Mandel, he was like, let me see how these things play. And it got even worse. And then Howie was just, you know, just like, dude, I love humanity. I, I don't watch the show, but I just, you're a good guy. And it, it was one of the most bizarre, I highly recommend it. Cause it was just, it oh, worked yeah. on so many levels. Um, oh, when he, at one point when he was like, Tom's just saying, Tom's just talking. He's a narcissist. So he's just like speaking as though everyone knows what he's talking about. Even though Howie Mandel mentions in the beginning, I've never seen the show. I don't know any of these people. I only know you through my producer's husband. <laughs> and Tom is like, says something. And yeah, and Sheena's wedding. And then Howie Mandel is like, who's Sheena? And it's like, shut up. <laughs> and you see his daughter, who's a fan, smokes like billowing out of her head. And, you know, he's like, eh, quiet down, quiet down. We're men. We'll talk about this. We know what it's like. And uh, I just thought that was even more sad because you guys realize he didn't. I still think even on the road, like he's not learning anything. This no. guy still needs the constant ego stroking and, yes. and people are still willing to give it to him, even though his shows are probably 60, 40, 60 people making fun of him and 40 probably being fans of him. I because would say maybe I would say it's 75, 25, well, 75 thinking, making fun of him. It, I was thinking about a terms lot of, the of people making fun. Isn't it like the producers that Mel Brooks movie of like, you know, this turned out as like, you know, it's like a joke, but now eventually it's probably it's successful in a sense because everything successful that Vanderpump rules touches right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, you know, but I can't even imagine even if his tour had been like a smashing success, like, like uh, however way you would define it, there's no way he was even going to break even on this freaking tour. There's like 10 people in this band and he pays for all the lodging, their food, their per diem, the travel. That's a lot. He got new lights just for this tour. He oh, all of a sudden like started posting. Yeah. That has bubbles and the fogs inside the bubbles. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> brought that. He's, it's the same people that do the dead's lighting tour. Like, come on. Like it's Holy a huge. Shit, really? No, God, no. Oh, okay. Tracy, no. <laughs> well, I can't put it past him. It's like follow Tom around like the dead. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it really, it just makes me sad every time I see him, but people are going and I will get these kind of weird emails because I had a people, a couple of people that were holding up signs at the free one in Houston saying like team Ariana and the police, you know, had to tell them to take it down. But then I've got like some emails, some girls, 
Like he emailed me weeks later at the Houston show says, Hey, we were there and we need to talk to you because we have a whole different story. But I'm like, I can't keep talking about his band. And I don't, you know, it's like, I get that you like him, but I, I don't know what to, to do with that. Do you know how much it costs to rent him for your wedding? 25 K. Yeah. I looked into it. Okay. <laughs> do you know how much it costs for DJ James Kennedy? 40 K. Yeah. 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 Wow. I was really... like, if I had 40 K, I would 100% hire him. If I was rich, that would be my spend at my wedding. That would be like my, my, like, you know, my wow factor at my wedding. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Fuck that. Mine would literally just be for myself. Like in my back, like I would get a backyard and just have them play for me. I would just be like, <laughs> do the raise your glass thing. I want to do the poop head thing. Do the mustache line. Like do it. I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, God, Tracy, this is so fun. Thank you so much. I just really quickly, um, has Jamila Jamil said anything about Scandaval? Has she uh, popped in with any kind of comments? You know, she stopped using Twitter. So her main thing that she's doing now is Instagram and she hasn't mentioned anything on there. So I think that she's not really, I don't know if she's like a real, a real reality TV person. It doesn't seem like she's into that. <laughs> I but don't she know. does like coming into topics that have because I, I I just already was like oh, making out way in. Well, I was making the post in my mind of how we should be treating Raquel at this point and Tom because you're like these are human beings. Like I could already see her writing this thing out, so I thought maybe uh, eventually she'll. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else are you watching now that's fascinating for you besides Vanderpump Rules? As we close out here, anything else? Well, obviously finishing up Jersey reunions um <laughs> Do, you like, orange county i mean i'm yeah i'm watching all the bravo shows um melissa <laughs> or teresa in the reunion you know here's the thing is that i do i feel like teresa is needed for the show because she's done so much and she'll always do something you know what i mean like she Legend. married this new guy who has Bo Deedle on the case. So that alone to me is really interesting also i never for a second believed Bo Deedle's um, denial. He made like a TikTok denial. 
of the whole thing. <laughs> he calls Louie Lou in it. And it's like, nobody calls him, like, it's either Louie or an spelled Louis. So, like, it's not like he just, like, saw this guy's name. He would say Louie or Louis if he didn't really know him. So he, he did. Yeah. He knows him and he has him on the case. Like, Bo Deedle's not going to tell you the truth about something like that. But Bo Deedle's also the kind of person that would actually make a post about it to try to get attention on top oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. He's like, this. But I do offer these services. Yeah, <laughs> I think Melissa's like handled herself really well, but it's one of those, if you go on Twitter, it really, the Jersey fandom scares me so much. Like yeah. you think the Vanderpump arguing is like, a, it's tepid at best, but this is like, I mean, they'll, they'll go after your family. If you, if you, each side is so intense. They're, they're really, it's, you know, I feel like in the beginning it was really anti Melissa. And now I feel like it's, it's split pretty 50, 50 between Melissa and Teresa and their camps. Like there are still like the tree huggers, they don't stop. They don't, they are like just really going for it. The thing is that like, I see Teresa for who she is and I see all the like bullshit and stuff. But I still like it. So it's like, I'm not going like- to make excuses and I'm not going to whatever, but it's like, I do like it. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, I, I even the tree huggers have to admit, like, come on, there's something up with Louie. And and by the way, like, you know, we will see that eventually on the show if she stays there. But there's something up with him. And I don't mean to be disrespectful because I think we all want Teresa to be happy. But come on, like, can't we live in the real world? Like, there's something up. He, you know, it, no matter what else is going on with private investigators, his job, money, weirdness, whatever, there's actually like police reports that you can read of domestic violence situations with him so that to me multiple women not just one that's all you need like that and it yeah exactly because you can't explain it away as like oh it was just a bitter divorce it's like no you do this shit you talked about patterns, like with yeah, earlier exactly. with time patterns. Yes. Um, and then o- OC's back, Tamara's back. She wrote in on a Harley. Eddie Eddie smacked her ass three times during the first episode. He's very, <laughs> he's very virile. So you're excited for OC? Yes, absolutely. I have like a little bit of intel that I heard from someone from a very, very trusted source. Um, Freddie Mellencamp. That, huh? Freddie no, Mellencamp? Absolutely not. <laughs> that... Um, OC is back, baby. It is like it is good. It is so good, and that we should manage our expectations for New York. So yeah, that comes out July thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. It means it's not it, great, it, it, but it looks very beautiful in terms of the camera work that I've seen on the previews. And Welcome to Crappy Lake is coming out with Sonia and oh. Countess Luann, and I think and that, then that is supposed to be incredible. Actually, I heard that. I that's think we like need fantastic. a lot. Um, and then anything else about, are you watching Natalia Grace, that docuseries or the Duggar thing, Shiny Happy People? I watched the Duggar thing. What's the other one? Natalia Grace. Oh, oh, curious case of Natalia Grace about the door. I'm watching it tonight with my daughter. Oh my God. She talks about it. And I was like, oh God, we have to watch this. It airs on Memorial Day. And then we haven't watched it, but like she had off today. So we're going to like do a movie night tonight. Um, oh, it's amazing. Uh, and then I, I guess that I was going to end with that too, is that I was thinking about growing up with my mom and my mom was into the nerdiest shit and like Michael Bolton and Kenny G does your daughter think you are into nerdy shit, but I like, you're like into the coolest shit. Does she realize how cool you are? Does she think like you're a nerd and she's going to grow up thinking this stuff is nerdy, but I don't, I think she loves it too. I don't think that she thinks I'm a nerd. I think that she, she really does have a pinch. She doesn't like housewives. She really thinks that everyone is vapid. Like she thinks that she's like better than them and that they're bad people. <laughs> she's probably right. And um, and then you know, I love Mariah Carey. I like 
hip hop. I like pop music and she's very anti-pop. She likes like moody, dark things. She likes Heim. She likes Billie Eilish. She likes people. I don't even know who they are. Like she's wearing a band t-shirt the other day and I didn't, I'd never heard of them before. Um, so that's her rebellion, I think. But, um, but yeah, but she did, she did get into the, the Scandaval thing just because it was so present on TikTok, which is like, you know, I guess all the kids love TikTok. That's what I was, do kids like, that's what I always want with Bravo. Like, I know we obsess about it, but I was like, is it reaching out to a younger generation? Are we getting new viewers? And I think with Vanderpump Rules this season, so. it might've reached out to a younger audience. Because it's so big on TikTok. It's like, I mean, even Ken's speech was like a trend <laughs> on TikTok. It kids are awesome. curious. Kids in elementary schools are like, did you know something sensible? Tracy Morrissey, pl- I, I, God, thank you so much for doing this. You, I, I've been working all week and this was like a treat for me. Um, you, Pot Psychology is the podcast. Um, TracyMorrissey.com, I think, is your website. Um, PipeDreams.fun. It's a store yeah. that has the most amazing pipes t-shirts that tote bag go pick yourself up something perfect gift for father's day for your dad right in that store um is there anything else coming up for you that we need to know about oh i just wanted to say is are people gonna see this or no like visually? Uh, if you give permit if you get permission oh, yeah if you get permission um i make these shirts they're crop tops but i also have like a full one uh it's abortion but in the barbie font and um it's it's the proceeds uh, from that go toward the National Abortion Network, which um, if you want to donate that yourself, it's abortionfund.org. Uh, they, it's, you know, a lot of times people want to just like uh, donate to Planned Parenthood, which is great. They're a great organization, but it doesn't really help women who've lost access to abortion care. So the National Abortion Network is a place where funds are distributed to women and it helps them actually get access to an abortion. It helps them with travel, with lodging, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, if you want an abortion Barbie shirt, um, you, you can go. And by the way, the Barbie movie's coming out soon. This is a great shirt to celebrate. That. But no, this is, I'm going to, uh, and and you, I was like, when you said crop top, I was like, well, I can't buy one of those. But you said a full length, so I can yeah. buy one of those. Oh, yeah, you can also a abortion one, too. You might like. <laughs> Seinfeld. <laughs> Jessica Seinfeld, like, reposted it. She said it, she, it had her approval. I was so happy about that. Well, you need a Vanderpump Rules one uh, in the font. Uh, Yeah, that would be. uh, Anyways, guys, I'm going to put all of that information on the show notes. So go support. That is an amazing cause. And Tracy, uh, think I I always get. I was so nervous to ask you, and I I don't know why, but I just thank you so much, and I hope you'll come back uh, uh, sooner than two years from now. (laughs) Of course, this is so much fun. I love talking about this stuff. Have a great weekend. You too. You guys, now is my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week we have a returning sponsor. It is our friends over at Factor. This is the best meal service that gets delivered to your door. It is quick. It is delicious. It is easy to prepare. And there are so many options. And I I want to tell you that like, so I've had this now. I've ordered from them a couple of times. And I just ordered from them again today. I used my own product code to order for my parents and I gave them the menu. I was like, you guys choose uh, because it is just the easiest way to have a delicious meal in the quickest amount of time. So now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny active days. Factor is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. So it can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you will stay on track reaching your goals. 
Um, a lot of people do get too busy, but they make you, you got to make sure you're eating. You got to make sure you have some gas in the tank. So with Factor, you can skip that trip to the grocery store. Who's got time for that anymore? You can also skip the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up, all that stuff. Come on, that's garbage. But you can get flavorful and nutritional quality delivered right to your door. Factor is fresh. It is never frozen. And these meals, this blows me away every time. It is ready in just two minutes. And I've done this myself and they're always delicious. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's wild. All you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then you can get back outside or get back to your TV or do whatever you're doing. You got more time for that. And also if you're looking for calorie conscious options this summer, you can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Uh, do you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals this summer? You can also try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. You can even elevate eating at home with their new upscale surf and turf and surf and surf meal options like roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon. My goodness, they offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus to veggie and protein plus. These are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. And each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can also add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week. So these are chosen from like 34 uh, plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. It, you know, it features all of it. Broccolini, leeks, truffle, truffle butter, asparagus. I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, my God, I'm, it's too late. I'm hungry. Plus, you can round out th these meals and replenish your snack supply with also an assortment of 45-plus add-ons. You, you can have breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skilly, skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, you can try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Um, and, and if you want to pack on more protein, the filling options like you have a salmon filet, chicken wings, you can add all of those things. And if you want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery. Once again, two minutes. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Now this June, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals. You just go on their website. I'm going to give you the web address in a second. And you can choose from all of these different options and they change them all the time. Um, so enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So here it is. Head to factormeals.com slash so bad 50 and use code so bad five zero to get 50% off your first box. That's code so bad 50 at factormeals.com, F A C T O R M E A L S dot com slash so bad 50 to get 50% off your first box. All of that stuff's going to be in your show notes, you guys. Uh, and now back for the remaining portion of our show. 
Okay, folks, welcome back uh, from uh, Tracy Morrissey. If you if you just heard her or saw her on YouTube, you just don't get better or funnier than Tracy Morrissey. And uh, like I said at the be- beginning of the pod, that was kind of a treat for me because I had literally stayed up till 4 a.m. Uh, Friday morning uh, doing the Vanderpump Rules podcast. And um, I, I had her at like noon because she's in New York. I'm in L.A. And it was, I was so giddy and just sleep deprived. And it, it just, it's like laughing with somebody that you went to school with. You know, that feeling that you, when you just are silly with somebody and you're like, haven't seen them in a while, you're like, oh my God, what about this? What about this? I wish that had gone on for like two more hours. Um, like the right, re- like the regular length of my shows. Uh, but now you are in the pop culture roundup. Now that was mainly Vanderpump rules. Now you can talk about you know, you can talk about anything with Tracy, but we were coming off of Vanderpump Rules heavy season and week, so we had to dive in there now. But, you know, believe it or not, there are other things going on in the world. Not many things, but there are some things. So that's what you're going to get right here. And remember, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, tell your friends, like, comment, all of that stuff I'm supposed to tell you. If you're listening to this in the podcast form, Thank you. Remember to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, we do shows pretty much every day with an insane group of uh, uh, guests. We have a lot of pop culture, not just Vanderpump Rules. We talk about it all. And there are so many things that I want to talk about. So don't worry. As Vanderpump Rules slows down, we are just speeding up. Uh, there are so many things that we have ideas for right now uh, that, that are factual. So many guests that we want to get. And then so many things that are just silly, silly, silly. Maditza was talking about one tonight uh, where we are potentially going to reenact housewife scenes but with solo monologues now that might not make sense but but we're gonna try it out we're gonna see if it works so uh listen to this or watch this on youtube and you will uh you'll be the first to know when those things uh appear how are you guys doing are you good it's monday so you might have a case of the mondays right now let's beat that into submission this week is ours we make it what we want to make it and uh let's get into this so Okay, now I just said Vanderpump Rules is kind of on the the back burner, but not really. We still got so many Vanderpump news items, and this this I wanted to start here just because it made me laugh. Now, there's another podcast and an Instagram uh, account that I love, uh, Bravo We're Black. Uh, the podcast is Bravo We're Black, but then the Instagram account is Bravo While Black, and it's Kaya and Aaron who run that, and I love both of them. But they posted this tonight, and it was Tom Schwartz. He's on that show, Stars on Mars. It's like, these poor aliens. Can you imagine, like, aliens are like, bee-boo, bobby, boo-boo. Schwartz came to Mars and started talking about Scandal. Like, there's no way aliens would want to be down here. Like, I know there's, like, a lot more UFO sightings lately, and I just feel like after they see this season or any season of Bravo, they're going to be like, not worth it. We're going back to Mars. Anyways, there's this reality competition series on Fox now every Monday night. So the second episode will be tonight. And uh, they take a lot of, you know, B and C and D and E list celebrities and they put them on a, a simulation of Mars that they shot in Australia. And it's super bizarre 
but I'm glad everybody, I, I'm glad all these people made money. Portia, Portia Williams is on it. Lance Armstrong is, a, hey, can you get, um, can you get steroids on Mars? Is that a thing? The aliens are like, you're using performance enhancing steroids, Lance, allegedly, in my opinion. But anyways, he, they do, they, they filmed this recently. So this is Tom Schwartz on, I think tonight's episode talking about Scandal Listen, listen to this, you guys. That this, 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 um, thing with my friend back home, it's just, it's incredibly messed up and, you know seems each time I try to weigh in or talk about it, ramble on about it, drivel on, I inevitably sound like I'm somehow like justifying it or making excuses for it. And I'm not because, you know, there's just no excuse for it. Any sort of version of like his side of the story has become obsolete because of the way he handled it. And ultimately, you know, that's his life. That is his life. I did not have an affair. I am not him. And it's just so strange that I've been absolutely mired in this. And it just, you know, it's taken on almost a life of its own. And, um, you know, after this, uh, I'm stepping away from it permanently. And, you know. Okay, so that was, that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by the way okay oh what's going on dude i am stepping away from scandal permanently dude after stars on mars i swear to god tom schwartz is one of the most talented people in making you feel bad for him we've said this time and time again but i swear to god it literally if there were martians they'd be like what's going on with this guy i feel bad for him i don't know why my martian voice is kind of also a robot voice I'm very limited vocally in terms of the talent of my characters, but the, I was, I wasn't just impressed because this was posted and then you see the comments and this is Schwartz has, you know, we also have some kind of like gift, some kind of magic gift in our personalities. Uh, Schwartz's gift truly is that you will feel bad for him no matter what he does no matter what he says, no matter what, like anything, it, like the comments underneath of like, Oh, I, I feel bad for him. I really like, and we've talked about all season about not feeling bad for him. Yet you watch like a clip or hear anything. And you're like, Oh buddy. Oh my God. Even my mom, even my mom feels bad for Tom Schwartz. Um, and I'm not even talking about recently cause she hasn't been able to keep up with the last couple of episodes, but back in the day when she met Schwartz at Tom Tom and he was super nice, but he was like trashed. And he was like literally like drooling over himself, but he was so nice to take a picture with her. And then she was like, Oh, I just, I want to take care of him. And I'm like, he has a wife at home. This is like, mom, it's like 1230 in the morning. Like you don't have to feel bad for him. Anywho, it just cracks me up is that I keep thinking about this in terms of pop culture. You guys, any story that we cover, I was thinking about this in terms of the Britney Spears stories that have popped up this week as well, which we'll talk about. We don't really seem to learn from anything. I mean, I, we, you could say that in our own lives too, but we don't seem to learn in pop culture terms either. I was thinking about that in Britney Spears is that, um, you know, she got free from the conservatorship. You know, she even said uh, time and time again, it was too much. The coverage was too much. Being chased around was too much. It really mentally harmed her. And we saw that it did. Um, but then we we just kind of do the same thing. 
we kind of continually do the same thing. We push the same button. We spread the same rumors. Um, and, and it's weird. And I thought that about Schwartz too, is that like, yeah, Schwartz isn't Tom Sandoval, but the guy is not guilt-free at all. Yet he still kind of pushes that same button of, oh, dude, I'm mired in this. I'm in the muck in the mire, yo. And like, it just bums me out. And you do. Like, I even catch myself going, oh, my goodness. I feel really bad for that guy. And you can a little bit, but when it's your one, like that's his one big gift is to continually push that button. Like, wouldn't it be amazing to see him be like, dude, I am so fucked up. I I mean, I, I kind of even watched this happen, knew it was fucked up. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't need anybody's sympathy. I am actually working on myself. That's the thing. None of these guys are working on themselves. And that's why I'm not in Raquel's corner. I'm not in Rachel's corner or anything. But I will say, like I said on Friday, the smartest thing that she did, you guys, was go away, was potentially check herself into a, a mental health facility. That's what that's what's been told to us for over two months now. And she's remained quiet. The things that we do hear from her are not even from her. They're kind of weird rumors of going like, uh, she's pregnant or she's she's shopping brand deals. Like none of that stuff has actually been proven, which is another thing about pop culture that is just so insane that I'm so fascinated with in terms of how quick you can spread rumors these days on anything. You do not have to be a reliable source. You do not have to be anything. So, th- I mean- Guys, as always, this is just like kind of one big monologue that'll weave in and out of pop culture stories. But we, I saw this on Twitter tonight and it cracked me up. It was like Melissa Gorga finally, finally uh, let go from Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I was like, whoa, Melissa Gorga's finally been fired? Oh my God, I never thought they would do it. And I'm, I'm looking at this account and it has, they, they wrote an article. They said, sources have heard, da, da, da. And then I click on the article, and that's the other thing. Nobody expects you to click on the article. Nobody expects you to read anything. All that matters is the headline. And that's why I like things like, as much as I love Page Six and TMZ, the headlines can be so misleading, right? Because they just need to grab you. They want you to click through, but they don't even expect you to, to read it. And that's what you see now. So I click on this thing about Melissa Gorga, essential of, of you know being fired from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and it did goes to this Twitter account where it says this Twitter account heard from reliable sources. And I shit you not, the, the Twitter account's name is Ray Huger's nuts. Karen Huger's husband from Real Housewives of Potomac. It was like Ray's Ray Huger's nuts. So at Ray Huger's nuts says, and it was literally like hearing from sources that Melissa Gorga has been fired. Guys, and that, and by the way, that tweet like blows up because it gets spread around and nobody, <laughs> nobody sees that this is like a Twitter account that literally just shit posts and talks shit. Like, cause everybody wants to believe the most insane stuff. Cause that's, that gets us really excited. And that was the thing about Scandal that really kind of blew me away as well was that we had this horrible thing that we could prove happened. People are admitting to it, but we wanted to go and make it even worse and crazier. I mean, you know, so listen, we'll, we'll wait to see about Melissa Gorga, but there is something so funny that nobody checks any kind of source anymore, or I could tweet. I mean, we should test this out sometime. 
We should actually vote on this. Anybody listening or in the Patreon or on YouTube, we should vote what rumor that that we could put or I could put out on one of my platforms and get people to spread it around. And the sad thing is, like, I don't even like I don't even know why I would because I know it would spread around. We could make up literally anything and get it passed around. And that's what's scary. You you know, I, I love this audience because we usually do the reading. We kind of go, we kind of go more into it. And we know not to just trust uh, you know, what somebody says, unless it's like a news outlet and also, you know, not the onion, a trusted news outlet. That's always important. But we gotta be more discerning as viewers because that's the only I just hate fake information. Because it's so easy and there's so much good stuff that we can actually talk about. So uh, Tom Schwartz still killing it at, at, at making you feel bad for him. I did enjoy him on Jackson Brittany's podcast last week. First time I listened to Jackson Brittany's podcast, but it, it was it was it was great. It was fine. Now, now Tom Sandoval, Tom Zanzival was in the jacuzzi with Raquel. Um, Tom Zanzival, you guys, on Saturday night, he was at Tom Tom. And somebody sent me this. He was, uh, it said he was originally at Schwartz and Sandy's, but they were full. So couldn't, couldn't make it in or so. I don't even know what the story behind that is, but it sounds like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're not letting Tom Sandoval in, but he wound up over at Tom Tom with Billy Lee and he took pictures with a bunch of fans and, you know, got his big goofy smile on there, has his little leather jacket, his hat, everything. He's, and, and that's, that's the other thing is that don't feel bad. Don't feel too bad for any of these people. I mean, this guy is still out there trying to get any attention, any adulation he can. And the thing is, like I've said all along, it's not going to change. People still want to take pictures with him. People still want to be around him. Um, you know, his shows, people are still going to them. And I think that is something so fascinating about this day and age in terms of celebrity or even reality star celebrity is there is this itch that he needs scratched constantly because listen, if he really wanted to have a nice dinner with Billy Lee, he could, you know, he could go to like the local Chevy's and have a nice Mexican meal um, instead of going to Tom Tom. He wants to be seen. He needs to be seen. He needs that. He needs that fulfillment. And at the same time, there's always going to be people that want to see him, regardless of the situation. I mean, somebody who sent me somebody that was like, I know I've talked shit about Tom Sandoval this entire season, but I had to get a photo. I had to. And in a sense, you totally understand that. Of course you had to. That's very exciting to see somebody that's on TV. It just is. You can't explain it. There's some sort of magic thing. And that's why we all kind of tune into that boob tube because it is this magical thing that you can't imagine that you could ever possibly be in the same room as somebody that was on that magic box. And I know some of you out there are going, oh, I don't give a shit, but you you probably would in that scenario. Um, so I thought, thought that was interesting too, is that the fact that he wants to be out there so much and the fact that it's, you know, he's okay. You don't have to, I mean, I don't think he's okay, okay. Like, I think you should do some real heavy inner child work, but he is, uh, he's still out there smiling, wanting to get that attention, wanting to get back to where he was. And that's what it'll, like only time will tell, right? So the season 10 has ended. And the interesting thing now will be what time will do to this story. And that's what makes Raquel kind of an interesting question mark. I always call her a question mark anyways, because you just can't read anything on her her brain. You can't see anything there. 
And I did like a character on, on Friday of like the, the Raquel Rachel post mental health facility where she turned into like a 200 pound face tattooed biker that was like, fuck Tom, Tom, dude, you can't keep me out of there. I'm there every day of the week if I want to. Yeah. Ken, you're going to come at me. My name's Raquel. Do you smell what Raquel is cooking? Welcome to the gun show. Um, that's the thing that we're kind of curious about because now everybody has spoken in a sense, except for Raquel. Now I do think we'll probably get some sort of interview. I thought it would be on watch what happens live, but we will get some in-depth interview, the follow-up to a Howie Mantel podcast where Tom will say more things. But the more I think about this over the weekend, the more I just want to remind people, and this is my point of view, but I think it is the correct one. Um, and especially as somebody that's not just seen the show, but I, I have read the articles. I have listened to the podcast. Um, is that this man, even within the last five minutes of the third part of the reunion, we see what a deep sociopathic liar he is. Even Raquel is saying, yeah, we tried to do this and he told me to say this. And we, you know, in the last five minutes, she was like saying how much he had told her to lie about certain things. So how are you going to then like, go like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm still getting those comments, which just it kind of scares you of like, well, Ariana didn't do her womanly duties. Oh, Ari, you know, it's like, we, we want to blame women so badly. And it, it's so weird. And you see it with our pop stars, you see it with our movie stars, our TV stars, we want to blame women so damn badly. What is that about society? What is that? Because we want to find every possible way that this guy, that there is a reason for why he did what he did. And even if you said, okay, well, he fell in love with Raquel, and I'm just, I know this is old material, but we've got to cover it because I still see these things pop up. Why did he do it? It's like, yeah, the falling in love with somebody else, uh, that happens. It hurts and it sucks and it would have sucked regardless, but it was the nine months of planning, of sneaking around, of continually lying. Uh, I know uh, 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 Instagram account CC loves you, at CC loves you. She reminded uh, us of a scene that we saw on a clip or a trailer where Tom was kissing Ariana in Mexico in bed and she had a sleep mask on and we never got to see that actual scene. Reminder that this Wednesday will be the final Vanderpump Rules episode, but it's a secrets revealed episode. And if you don't remember what those are, it's just where they take clips that they didn't show this season and put them into this episode. Vanderpump Rules has done it time and time again over the years, but we're going to be really paying so you know close attention to this one in particular. Um, and, and that scene was cut out. But remember, with the information that Raquel confirmed, even though we all, you know, we all suspected it, is that she uh, banged, made love, whatever kind of, you know, term you want to use for it. Tom Sandoval the night before the wedding and the day of the wedding before she went and sat next to Ariana at the wedding. So that night, Tom got wasted. Ariana, probably my guess, went to bed early. He wanted to keep partying. We saw scenes where he was already trashed, where they were all skinny dipping in the pool, including Ariana, our friend Brett, all of those people. She probably went to bed. He, he drunk walking down the hallway and Raquel said, pulled, uh, pulled him into the hotel room and they hooked up. So that scene essentially was probably him coming back in, probably saying another lie, probably saying like, Oh, ended up, dude, I ended up over Schwartz's dude. We got trash, dude. Me and Schwartz were looking at a galaxy light all night long, dude. 
I swear to God, and like kissed her after he'd been banging Raquel all night. That's what I'm saying. Like there's a there's a sickness that goes way beyond just regular falling in love with somebody else. There is this kind of grossness that makes you feel like icky. And I don't know how much Raquel played a part in that. You know, she might have been in love, but I'm not. I, I, like I said, also, she doesn't get off scot free in this at all. I mean, she she she's a 28 year old woman. I do know guys can manipulate women um, very well, and I'm sure a lot of that came into play here. But she was well aware of what she was doing, and this has been going on for a very long time. And she also was in on plotting the lies around Ariana, and she did know a lot about this. So I, I, I don't fully feel bad for Raquel, but what I do appreciate is that she has the only person in terms of those two knuckleheads that has done some kind of response to this of I'm, you know, who knows if we can believe her, but I'm, I'm not proud of these actions. I'm trying to study why I do the things that I do and I'm going to disappear and I'm not going to go out there and like with my cover band or try to find brand deals immediately, all that shit will come. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see long-term how that plays out, but don't feel too bad because like i said tom's already out there if he's not doing the show he wants to be at tom tom he wants to be seen he needs that and that's what scares you for people right it's that that desperate need we always talk about that in terms of bethany frankel is that it's not enough for her to be a multi-millionaire she wants to be out there in the public she wants people to be talking about her and that's why sometimes she will give her opinion about everything, even though you do not ask her that at all, just because she wants to be in there. She wants to almost upset you or to have you uh, feel something so you can keep talking about her. So it's going to be really fascinating, I think, for all of us Vanderpump Rules fans to see where this goes from here and how they handle these things. And is Schwartz really taking a step back from Sandoval? Now, speaking of this, this was on the Real Moms of Bravo Instagram account. They're great. And they had, I think they taped this from Greg. Um, Greg is the, you know, he was the character of the evil owner over at Schwartz and Sandy's. I thought he was the true villain of Vanderpump Rules this season. And I didn't know this all was going out. Uh, this is kind of bad audio, but see if you can hear this. He's talking to some clientele at Schwartz and Sandy's. And this is what he said at Schwartz and Sandy's during work. Oh my God. 
Greg, I mean, I hope you heard that, but Greg was literally saying Ariana was the best partner we never had at Schwartz and Sandy's. Literally was saying like, and that's, I mean, that is a, that's, that's a guy that's heavily involved in Schwartz and Sandy's and you tell the distaste for Tom Sandoval, but that is the other angle to look at it was that it wasn't just Ariana. Remember the first apology we got out of Tom was apologizing to his business partners before he even apologized to Ariana. And, you know, it is that thing to think about of this guy was so into living this kind of, um, not rock star life lifestyle, but, a really, um, he was doing a lot of deceitful things. It's, you know, lying to a lot of people at the same time, trying to get this bar up and running. And we saw the struggles on the show and he was so much more into that reality of keeping those relationships going than he was into Schwartz and Sandy's. And if you have one of your partners be willing to say how shitty of a owner he is, I mean, that's just dark. And people are like, well, that's unprofessional. Yeah, okay. Do you, do you think also maybe what Tom Sandoval did to put all of that at risk, completely the most unprofessional? That's the other thing. People like just will, will judge them. I'm like, yeah, he's probably livid. He probably has to put a lot more work into Shorts and Sandys because of that guy. And Shorts and Sandys does have what a, probably like a 50% chance of actually making it. I mean, making it a year or two, hopefully. But it's a really uphill battle because you have those looky-loos that'll come regardless to get the picture. But can you get them in the door to have the drinks, eat the food, buy the merch, all of that stuff? And I think Tom Sandoval in his head, this is just complete speculation, was thinking, ooh, I'll, I'll open the bar with Schwartz, with, with Schwartz like we did at Tom Tom. Automatic audience will pop in, will be the owners, but we own it. We get a bigger cut of this place, not realizing potentially all the hard work that would have to go into it. I think he was still thinking of himself as a figurehead because being on television almost relegates you to this um, kind of Chuck E. Cheese uh, spokesman kind of thing, like put on the costume and do the dance and take the pictures. And he's so good at it. If you've ever seen Schwartz and Sandoval in public, they are so happy to take pictures with everybody. You know, Tom Sandoval will give the same smile in every photo. He knows how to grab your, he knows how to grab your camera. He's like, no, I got it. He knows how to do it. He's really good at that. And he makes people feel really special. That's what I think he really thought about this. And I think, um, it's, it's interesting to see how that's gone. So I thought those two Vanderpump stories were kind of interesting. Uh, let's see what else do we got. We got so much good TV on right now. I, I, I was talking at the end with Tracy about Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Six-part series on HBO Max and uh, ID Discovery. And it is just one of the more eerie docu-series. And it's one of those great things, like I said, where you think the subject matter is going to be the thing that really scares, you know, like, Oh my God, what's this all about? Is, is this girl, is she young or is she already old, an older woman? And you don't know what it is, but then, you know, you have this initial story, but then the docu-series is able to capture her adopted family, which turn out to be way more insane than Natalia Grace's story. And that's what I love about documentary form and docu-series is that, you know, you're able to take this time to like, sh and the guy, 
the father episodes five and six, I don't want to spoil anything, but he said he can cry on cue. I, I compared him to Tom Sandoval this weekend and it was just like, it's insane. He's giving the performance of a lifetime. And what I mean, performance of a lifetime, I mean a horrible performance, but I love horrible performance. I'm like, yes, that is, that is money, baby. Um, so we got that on. I recommend that. And also, you know, I think I've told you guys before, there is going to be a part seven of that series that I think premieres at the end of summer where Natalia Grace herself is going to give her first interview in the docu-series. Now, she did a Dr. Phil episode a long time ago, which is lightly covered, but that six-part series, it still leaves so many questions unanswered. A lot of people are uh, walking away from that series and going, what, you know, what, what is she younger? Is she older? We see evidence on both. I personally think she was younger. She, you know, she was a very young, uh, you know, child when they adopted her. And I just think what a, you know, your heart goes out to her after that series, because I mean, just how she was treated by that adopted family. Uh, curious to know what you guys think about that. And, and I, by the way, for the podcast, we have plans on what we're going to do, but let me know what you want me to cover. I mean, there was a, a time over the weekend where I was like, should I just do, should I should I break down each episode of Natalia Grace? I know it's not reality shows, but it's there's only a couple chromosomes missing from making it a full blown Bravo show in my head because it's just so ridiculous. So you got out that out there. Real Housewives of Orange County is going to have its second episode this Wednesday. We will be covering the first episode on So Bad It's Good on this Wednesday to lead you into that second episode. But did you guys like it? Let me know about that as well. Um, and then Real Housewives of New Jersey, get this. So we have the third and final part of the reunion this Wednesday night. And last Wednesday, sorry, this, sorry, this Tuesday, this Tuesday, sorry, I'm in Vanderpump Head. This Tuesday will be the third part of that finale reunion. And the ratings did so good. The we, Bravo is firing on all cylinders in terms of eyes on, on the boob tube. Why am I saying boob tube so much? My God, Ryan. Um, it did so well. And the Peacock supersized Vanderpump Rules editions did so well as, as well, where they added about like seven to 10 minutes of additional footage for each one of those episodes that now this week on Wednesday, you will see a supersized pumped up Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion part three over on Peacock. I mean, they really are driving people over to Peacock and I'm all for it because I love those pumped up editions. Now, the only thing that scares me is with Jersey, is it just going to be like 10 more minutes of Melissa going, you suck. And Teresa, now you suck. No, you suck. No, you suck. Ha ha, funny. Ha ha, get it? Like, is it just going to be more of that shit? Because it, you want to bang your head against the wall, but at the same time, wildly entertaining. But I just don't know how many more years. It's like being at a job way past how long you should be there. And you're like, oh, I can't, I don't know if I could do another year of this. And then you start, you know, another year of the job. You're like, I got this, I got this. And by the end, you're just like barely crossing the finish line because it's the same shit day in, day out. And that's Real Housewives of New Jersey, even though each one of those ladies on the cast are wildly entertaining. It's just that the source material, and what I mean by source material is Melissa and Teresa, to me, that is such well-tread material that I don't know how you could make it different or spice it up. The only thing that changes in their relationship from year to year is whatever new that they've done to their face or bodies. Now, for example, 
I decided to go back this Saturday night uh, to, to kind of decompress from Vanderpump Rules. And I said, let, let me watch something just chill and nice. And I decided to watch season three, episode one of Real Housewives of New Jersey. It, you guys already know what episode that is, right? It's the christening episode. It is the episode where Joey Gorga and Melissa get introduced to the audience. And when I tell you, this is one of, if not the best reality television housewife episode in history, I am not even close to making that up. This should be required viewing for any Bravo or reality TV show fan at least once a year. And I I, I think it's been like four years since I watched it last or three and a half years. You know what? I had Laura Marie Shane Halls from Sexy Unique Podcast watch this three and a half years ago when we started the podcast to talk about it on the show. And I, I think that was the last time she had never seen it. And she was like, holy shit. But I watched it and I forgot how intense it was. And the way they tell the story, they started immediately from the christening and then they go back, you know, and then they're like, you know, a week earlier. And it is just, it is so good, you guys. And then they'll go, I forgot about the Caroline Manzo. She wasn't at the christening, but she's there making a Southern meal with her family instead of an Italian meal. And it's kind of like these decompression marks from the actual christening. But that Caroline Manzo, she just, she's a straight shooter. I feel like. I feel like people have forgotten how great Caroline Manzo can be. And by the way, I watched the season three reunion episodes. I skipped to the reunion after that. And she's just, mm, I like her so much. And I'm so bummed out that she had such a bad experience on Ultimate Girls Trip because of whatever Brandy did. Which Brandy, it's like, girl, stop drinking and tweeting. I know it was the title of your book, but dude, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everybody's fault but yours. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um. And I like Brandy, but like, dude, but yeah, Caroline will never come back as Caroline, Caroline saw like, and I, I was kind of always of that notion of like, oh, she's not used to what housewives have become. And it's like, you watch those old episodes and she went, she went through the shit, man. Real Houses of New Jersey season three was what I imagine my dad went through in Vietnam. I'm joking. Don't yell at me. I know it's nothing to compare, but it, it just, they went through a war and that was even post Danielle Staub, but the christening, you just. Why it's so good is that how real it is. This family history, you can feel it. You can sense Joey Gorda's upset at Joe Giudici because, you know, Joe Giudici, uh, you know, stole Nono away from him. You know, he's Joe Gorga's out there working, being a contractor, you know, and, 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 and Nono hangs out with Joe uh, Giudici and Joe Giudici poisons his father, Joey Gorga says, against Joey Gorga. And Melissa immediately, you can tell, like, you know, already you're like, shit, I forgot that they hated. I mean, I always knew they didn't like each other, but like from the jump, Melissa Gorga's making jokes about like, (laughs) we pay our bills. And you're like, damn, damn. And also great to see Joey Gorga with hair. That was interesting. Great. This christening must have cost, I'm guessing, $30 million. They had an ice sculpture of a cross. The same cross that Jesus Jesus was on, they literally have an eye sculpture of. Like, it is insane. Remember my super sweet 16? Like, I was like, God, why didn't they greenlight my super christening? Because this was, like, this would have, it is insane. These guys are, like, doing shots of vodka. Like, I mean, like, they have a they have lobster bar. It was the, 
guys, it is so intense. And then this fight breaks out, which we all know. And just the cameramans are like, ah, call the cops, call the, all the men are just like clawing each other. You know, Joe Giudici's like, you know, out there. And then Joe Gorga tries to find his father, Nono and his mom. And then they start speaking Italian to each other. And he's like, you're my father. You're my father. He's like, just, it's like Godfather. The Godfather is not nearly as good as the christening episode. You're my father. And no one was like, I'm proud of you, Zion. Don't you hear me? I'm proud of you. But he's an Italian. And then Joe Giudici's out there with the stroller. And he's like, I'm going to fucking knock that guy's head. I'm going to fucking knock. And he's pushing the stroller as he's saying he's going to fucking knock their uncle's head into the dirt. It was uh, chills. Chills. But that was 2011, folks. That was 2011. And in that episode, Joe Gorga says, uh, Joey Gorga says, you know, me and my, me and Teresa, you know, we haven't been good for the last 10 years. Now, I'm not good at math, but let's break this down together. 2011. He says 10 years, their relationship hasn't been good. So, okay, you take 2011, you minus 10. I'm thinking that it means like 2000, 2001, 1999, I, that's somewhere in that, that range. 2001, okay. It hasn't been good since 2001. Now, I just looked at a calendar today. Do you know what year we're in? 2023. Another math thing. So 2023, 2001. That's like 21 or 22 years. 22 years. I don't really, I think they're in their mid-50s or something like that. But you start to get this picture. I'm like, was the relationship ever good? Was there like a two-year period when you were children that you got along and it was just so damn good that it just poisoned you for the rest of your lives? At this point, this is my whole point about Jersey. Give it up. Give it up. Because I kept joking. I, I posted like over 100 Instagram stories, which by the way, horrible way to find out you can only post 100 Instagram stories. I was just posting everything and all of a sudden... I, I mean, this took me hours. And then all of a sudden I realized the first like 30 got cut off because I kept posting. And then I was like, oh, now people just think I'm a bigger idiot than I already am. But I was like, that, I was like, oh shit, you can only post 100 Instagram stories. Um, but I kept saying, I was like, oh, because they would like badmouth each other in the christening episode. And I was like, well, I'm sure by 2023, this has all been taken care of and everything's good. No, it's never going to be good. We are wasting our time. Joey, Melissa, Teresa, Louie, if you, the kids, if any of you guys are watching this, it's, it's not call it a day. It's not, it's not like, I don't know how many new ways you're going to find a fight with each other unless one of you guys becomes a ninja or something, but it is just, I, I saw that. And I'm like, of course this is not good. Why have we ever thought this was going to get better? And I will tell you your heart goes out to the most is, is Teresa's kids. Like I forgot Gia, Gia trying to like, you know, like uh, push her mommy away and like crying. And like, it was all this. And you realize, fuck, those girls have been raised on that show and they've dealt with so much drama and trauma. And that's why as much as I want Teresa to be happy, it just scares me too, because the Louie of it all, I just, I don't get, you guys know what I'm saying. So anyways, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I'm telling you, if you want a pre-game for Tuesday, you start up with that christening episode, you are not going to be 
dis- disappointed. Also, I want to remind people July is going to be a huge month for Bravo because we have Welcome to Crappy Lake, which is Sonia Morgan, Luanne de Lesseps in their kind of, uh, you know, odd couple limited series on Bravo. And it looks really funny. And I think we need something really funny right now. And Sonia cracks me up and Lou cracks me up in very different ways. So I cannot wait to see that. It's kind of a fish out of water where they go to this place, crappy Lake, and they participate in what is like known around crappy Lake, which is a, you're going to think I'm making this up is a testicle eating contest. Like a, like not a a bull test, not a human testicle. I don't think, but you know, like a, some kind of animal test any <laughs> anywho it revolves around a testicle eating competition from what i hear and i'm like yes you know because you know sonya's gonna be like sign me up oh my god so that comes out and then i think july uh 13th or 13th or 14th we have real housewives of new york the reboot and uh, it looks beautiful. I don't know really a lot about these ladies yet, but I, I encourage everybody like myself to to watch it, to, to see if you like it, to stick with it. Don't just completely do what we do, which is just talk shit immediately. Like, try to support this. Also, I want to give a shout out to Summer House Martha's Vineyard. A couple of those cast members came on for the first episode, and I, uh, I'm a couple episodes behind, but I was watching it today, and it's just a it's for me it's great i don't need a lot i just need real relationships or relationships and i'm like okay this person knows this person from this person and i really enjoy it it's on sunday's sunday night they just had their eighth episode tonight this sunday and i think they have like two or three more so really get on board and what's great about bravo and streaming like you know or even peacock i swear peacock does not fund this show at all is that you can literally watch every episode on Peacock and your streaming service as well, but usually have to watch a couple minutes of commercials uh, during that. So we've got a great July on Bravo coming up. Also love after lockup. uh, That's, that's kind of like my baby. Like I love love after lockup on the we channel and they just finished up a season like a month ago. And I have been missing it so badly. It was like my Friday night treat after I worked all week. And it was the show I didn't really cover, but it's just a mess and a half. But I got so into it, hysterical, sometimes touching, mainly hysterical and a mess. Um, and uh, Maritza told me today that love during lockup, not love after lockup, but love during lockup where they're falling in love while one of them is locked up. Very clever title. Uh, that's going to be coming on uh, mid July as well, but I wish they were way faster with those shows. Like the 90 day fiance franchise, literally like you, you know, like week to week, it feels like they have a whole new 90 day. It's too much, which by the way, 90 day fiance um, is on right now. They have the second episode of the new season. And I watched that tonight and I told you guys this last week, but it's just, they might've gone too far. I'm, I I'm, I'm just turning into such a pussy in my old age where there's like a deaf gentleman on there. There's a gentleman that like on the end of the first episode, the producer, the producer actually breaks the fourth wall and says, yo, we uh, found this girl. Uh, you've fully been catfished. It's actually a dude. And this dude like takes care of his mom. And he's like this good hearted individual. And he's like, starts crying. It's like, Oh my God, it's just horrible. And then you got Gino, goofy Gino, who can't find a cat to fit to save his life. And he, he, none of this, you know? And listen, I'm all for uh, letting people, you know, come to this country and, and hopes and dreams. But some of these people, I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want her here. She's wise. She's wacky. 
but all these people are like, you know, it's like this basis of like wanting to find love and, you know, like we're all there, but these people have gone so far from it and they're just like usually being used for money or for a visa and it just breaks your damn heart. And I'm trying to find you. Oh my God. There's one girl, you guys, her husband died a year ago from, from cancer. The, the two, two tiny kids. They always ask to sleep with their dad's ashes. It's like a beautiful wood box. They're like, can we sleep next to daddy tonight? And like, that's beautiful what it is. But then she met some dude overseas, some like modely dude. And she's like, I fell in love again. And you're like, no, you don't do little kids. You don't like, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> like it is. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I might've just scared you away from the show. Either of those are things totally fine. Now, some non-Bravo news. This is uh, Naomi Watts. You know the actor uh, Naomi Watts? She got married to uh, actor Billy Crudup. Uh, if you know, Billy Crudup, um, for me, one of my favorite roles of him, uh, his, was uh, he played the lead, uh, the lead guitarist in Stillwater from the movie Almost Famous, the Cameron Crowe film. Uh, I just thought he was amazing in that, but he's a, just an amazing actor. Uh, him and Naomi Watts got hitched a couple of days ago. They went to a New York City courthouse. Uh, they both looked great. Naomi Watts is just a Mulholland Drive. She, I mean, she's been in just every damn movie out there. Do you know she's best friends with Nicole Kidman? They knew each other and were friends before either of them became successful. Well, but what's fascinating too about this marriage, Naomi Watts used to be with Lieb Schreiber. Now we know Lieb Schreiber because she's the one that said uh, to the New York Times, why are you posting about Scandal? Is this news? Yeah, it is, Liev. But they used to be together. Now, Liev is with uh, another girl. Now, Naomi Watts is with Billy Crudup. Do you know who Billy Crudup uh, used to be with? Now, he actually had an interesting dating history. Um, uh, Billy Crudup used to be with, am I mistaken, uh, Mary Louise Parker, uh, I believe, or was it Claire Danes? Or was it both? Uh, let's see here. Okay. Here's a relationship time. Oh, dating history. God, you love the internet. The internet really didn't even exist, uh, 25, 30 years ago in the form that we have it now. And what we use it for is just to find out who Billy Crudup used to date. Okay. Yeah. This guy used to Claire Danes, 2003 to 2006, Jennifer Connelly, 1996. And then he was with Mary Louise Parker from 1996 to 2003. So that was a big one. Um, so, uh, they are now married. So congratulations to the new couple. That's very exciting. Also, I love this, this quote, Jennifer Lawrence has a new movie coming out. I think it's called No Hard Feelings. She had a big, long break, but she is a phenomenal actor. But a lot of people know her from the Hunger Game series. And she, I love, this is like, I hate headlines like this. Jennifer Lawrence said she'd be happy to come back to the Hunger Game franchise. And it's just some interview where she's like, oh yeah, I, I would do that again. I, I really like doing those movies. But it, this is like, it's like, yeah, of course they fucking want to come back. You think people don't like money? Of course they do. Oh, God. I'm still way too amped up from Vanderpump Rules last week. Okay, do you want to get into the Britney Spears of it all? I I, I need to talk about this because it, it upsets me. I talked about it earlier. Is that there was some articles that came out last week and some accusations that involved her um, her husband or her ex-husband, Kevin Federline, and their kids. But they had participated in a documentary where they got paid uh, like $250,000. And... Uh, these people press released or pushed these stories out last week saying that her family uh, are in fear that she is on methamphetamines and that um, 
uh, it says loved ones are terrified. She is on the bake, breaking bad drug. Duh. Son Preston says, I hope she'll listen to us before it's too late. Now, this is a Daily Mail article, but there was a lot of articles about this. And this is such dangerous. I don't even want to call it journalism because it's just kind of just spreading bullshit that doesn't really. It's like piecemeal journalism. Like Preston didn't say it about crystal meth. Preston was saying it about something else. But also, you really can't trust any kind of quotes that are derived from people that get paid to get to give quotes. You can't trust somebody that gets paid $250,000 because they're supposed to deliver the goods. And also Kevin Federline especially has always had this kind of gimme, gimme, gimme. He is taken care of by the Britney Spears estate and for a long time was trying to get more money. Remember, he is the guy that kind of had a handshake deal with Britney's dad for a long time. But anyways, this new documentary that they had filmed years ago says, I fear she's on meth. I've been praying someone would make it public and that she wakes up. She is the mother of my boys. Um, I don't want the boys to wake up one morning and find their mother has taken an overdose. Now this is just really horrible. Also he was granted uh, being able to take the kids to Hawaii recently, which I was shocked, but uh, you know, glad and way to pick a very expensive state. So, you know, he said these things and I was kind of like horrified. Like, why would you, you know, this is exactly, this is the kind of help that she doesn't need. And this is the kind of stuff of speculation, putting things out in the media before they're actually spoken to her about. And uh, it's just was wildly also turns out to a lot of that to not be true. Now, um, her lawyer uh, who got her out of the conservatorship has kind of uh, weighed in and said, what bullshit this has turned out to be. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find this article, you guys. Um, uh, while I try to find that article, though, I do want to read you Britney Spears' own Instagram post, which everybody's like, oh, Britney Spears, the way she posts, it's so crazy. Have you guys seen how you post? Have you seen how I post? I posted a photo of Teresa doing a weightlifting competition to say I had a couple pieces of pizza tonight. None of us post amazing. But anyways, Britney says in her own Instagram pat, pat, uh, post, says the fact that people are claiming things are not true Things are not true is so sad. This may not even be them saying such things because it doesn't make any sense to me for them to be saying that. With Preston saying she needs to listen to us before it's too late. Do you remember every visit you came to my home and you went into your room and locked the door? I never saw you guys. Jaden played the piano and we made music together. But the day I told him I wanted to see you guys more, I never saw you again. It makes me sad because I tried so hard to make things nice for you and it was never good enough. So you guys go behind my back and talk about me. It breaks my heart and the news is so low. I've always felt like the news bullies me. It's sad because everyone sits back as if that's okay to make up lies to that extent. Why am I told I have to sit back and rise above when they all go so low? Hopefully it is just the news being hateful and Kevin nor Preston said any of those things. Either way, I will be fine uh, uh, working out. And, um, you know, the, that made a lot of sense to me. That's sad. Imagine, you know, just you. Imagine your own families. And you don't even have to be famous. When your own families talk shit about you that's not true, first off, hurtful. When they tell other people and you find out, that's hurtful. It just is. And we're always told to, like, go, you know, everybody go high. But there's so many people nowadays that just go so low. You see it every day. We have this culture of hate where we just, like, pit each other against each other without any kind of proof. Anyways, this is the article. Um, Kevin Federline says... It saddens our family that Daphne Barak and Herbal Gunasti, who were the people that were doing this documentary that paid them this money years ago, have decided to fabricate lies and publish the heartache our family has endured, along with the trauma of our minor children in the Daily Mail and the Sun. 
We did allow Daphne and Bill into our home because we trusted them, but that trust was lost and we severed ties back in March for many reasons we chose not to go in here. He continues, it's very distressing that she continues to harass our family when we have repeatedly asked her to leave us alone. They're talking about the documentarians. As with previously published, our family did speak with Miss Barack and Mr. Ganosti a few times, and this was done in a respectful way with love and compassion for Brittany and the Spears family. Her lies and attempts to exploit minors is clickbait and another repulsive example of where, unfortunately, certain journalism has sunk today. And I wonder what Kevin Federline goes. What's his number one news source for journalism, do you think? Um, but I, I thought this was very, uh, this was great. This was great that it came out and kind of cleared that up. But my fear with these things is that most people will read the horrific thing about like meth and then not go to actually look about the reality of that situation. And that gets, that's where it gets really kind of damaging. Do you guys agree? Do you think that I, I just, that's the part I get scared of because more people will remember the bad thing rather than the truth. Um, also, the uh, second episode of HBO Max's or Max's The Idol came out tonight, starring Abel Tesfai, who is The Weeknd, and Lily Rose Depp. Uh, I have not seen the first episode yet, but I saw a clip from the second episode where he, uh, Mr. The Weeknd, Mr. Tesfai, is telling some girl to spread her lady parts apart. And he looks like he is acting, being on uh, Cocania. So looks like a great show, you guys. <laughs> Are you watching? Do you like it? Is it worth watching? I like Euphoria, but I don't know. I've, missed, I've, I've said from the beginning many times, I'm just not a big fan of The Weeknd as, um, as an actor. I, I do like his music a lot. Uh, and finally, even though there are so many things to talk about, but uh, God, I could talk to you guys forever. I should just do Twitch streams where I just go like six hours at a time and we cover every news story imaginable. Um, let's see here. Oh, I wanted to talk. Uh, well, two things. Um, Marissa, who uh, will give me stories. She loves Harry Styles. I love Harry Styles, too. He is still doing his tour. Uh, Taylor Swift and Beyonce are not the only two people touring right now. Uh, I guess a bunch of his fans uh, bought like flowers and they threw them at him during his song Grapefruit Juice. And Harry loved it. His band loved it. I guess there's tons of there's like an Instagram video of this. The flowers just kept coming. Imagine spending so much money on a Harry Styles concert and then having to buy a bunch of flowers to throw at Harry Styles. But when you see that guy smile, yeah, I'm sure it's it's worth all that money. Um, and then I guess a security guard went and picked up all those flowers for Harry afterwards on his request. And uh, the fans, so you know, if you're going to a Harry Styles show. People are hoping for it to become a thing they do at every show. If they really wanted a thing they do at every show, they should just sell flowers at the show so people don't have to bring the flowers. Call me crazy. What if that's like my new gig? I just buy a bunch of flowers and sell them outside of a Harry Styles concert. Uh, he's also on track to have uh, as what is to become the most streamed song ever on Spotify. Uh, and Marissa always says that he's edging his fans. And if you don't know edging, edging is just like getting right up to the precipice sexually is kind of just, you know, constantly leaving his fans in a state of blue balls, which is like, now I just want to interview Harry Styles so I can ask him, hey, Harry, 
first off, how are you edging? Can you can you admit to all of us you're edging? Uh, and then uh, finally, I want to talk a second about the Kardashians. Did you know, fun fact, that they have a TV show called The Kardashians that literally is three episodes in and not a lot of us are talking about it. And it's like, as somebody in pop culture, it scares me. It makes me nervous for The Kardashians. I, then I had to realize that most of them are billionaires, so all good. But it is weird that we don't really talk about it the way we used to that or i'm just becoming blind and deaf which is completely understandable but i watched uh the third is it third or i think it was three has been no third episode i watched it over the weekend and i was shocked like for me the kardashians work in just the sense that it's like this dark comedy they don't even realize how funny it is i think if you watch it um with that kind of expectation you'll get so much more out of it because their life is so ridiculous now and when they finally have scott disick back they must have made some deal with courtney where it's like you know chris is like sorry courtney he's really entertaining we're gonna have him back we won't let him speak about you but he's coming back because scott disick is great he will um he'll 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 play ball he'll talk with anybody in any scene kim wants to go to lunch yeah scott will go like i love this place i love eating food thank you for inviting me he's always a smile on his face he's like kim you're amazing you're gorgeous i love it no talk about courtney no i'm great i've got a beard now all good so they do that now and that you have this storyline where scott's hanging out with kim kim's talking about that you i want to date a bunch of people i you know the media kind of made more out of my last relationship than i did when it's like oh come on kim I, I saw all that shit you were saying about Pete Davis. Give me a break. You made it a big deal, too. Don't try to don't try to do that. Don't try to gaslight your audience. But anyways, she wants to date a bunch of people. And then Chloe had like like some face skin cancer. And so like they show her like all being sewn up. She also uh, has a new child, but she's not bonded with that child yet because she, she went through surrogacy, which is actually a serious issue. But it's more scary that she's like, yeah, Tristan's always around, but we're not going to get back together. But he is always around. And Chris is like, I love that, hon. I'm like, why do we love that? There's so many red flags in this show and nobody will ever tell anybody the truth. And then you have Courtney, who is like the rebel of the Kardashians. She's out there getting finger blasted by Travis, like literally every scene they're in. I mean, you would think at this point, all their friends must be so exhausted being around them. I'm like, oh my God, we have to keep telling them how sexy they are together. She's launched a vitamin brand and she is doing a press tour in New York. And it's legitimately, I was like, I don't even need to take melatonin anymore. I will just watch Courtney do her press tour. But everybody is just kissing her. Oh my God, Courtney. Oh, you make me want to take vitamins. It's just so exciting. It is redonkulous. And I just always get scared for the day that Travis doesn't try to feel her ass in public. And she's like, something's wrong. He didn't try to finger me in public. It is so wild. And I got to tell you, I, if you watch it as a dark comedy, it is one of the best shows on right now. And so I will be on the Patreon. I, I started working on it today. I got to finish it tomorrow. Uh, Angelina Faye has been taking notes for me on these Kardashians uh, episodes. And I'm going to put uh, all three uh, together in one episode, hopefully tomorrow, because there's just so much fun stuff to talk about that I would be remiss in not putting it out there, even though so many people just hate the Kardashians. And I understand that feeling, but I always think it, they need to be studied. They need to be watched. 
You know, we need to bring them out into the light. You know, bad things happen in the dark, which, by the way, Kim also tells us this week that she's like, I like to turn the lights off. I don't like, you know, like, eh, I get weird with my body. I can be on camera and pretty much show everything. But, you know, I'm like, okay, Kim, like you just sometimes wonder if people do write like storylines for them of like, Kim, okay, this season, we're going to have you say shit like, I get nervous in the bedroom and I like to keep the lights off because we did a study and most like 80% of Americans feel the same, except for Tom Sandoval. He wants you to keep a shirt on in the bedroom at all. He wants to see, he doesn't want you in a shirt in that bedroom. If Tom Sandoval was within Kim Kardashian and Kim was like, I want to turn the lights off. He'd be like, dude, you suck, dude. I'm going to go cheat with Raquel. It's crazy, dude. Come on, man. It feels good to talk about the Kardashians for me. It's like home. Anywho, you guys, what a long episode. We did it again. Remember, if you're listening to this, there are timestamps. I always like to remind or train the audience about that, but there's just too much to talk about. We got a bunch of great guests, great shows this week, so keep tuning in. Subscribe. Remember to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and if you're watching this on YouTube, hi, hello. Thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Let us know in the comments. Tell your friends all that junk, and uh, I hope you have the start to an amazing week. Batches.